the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and the Hagman Report for today. It is, well, it's Thursday. It's Thursday already. It's January 14th, 2016. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful, blustery, windy, cold, snowy northwest Pennsylvania. Well, we're heard live weeknights, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Global Star Radio Network. I want to welcome everyone to our program tonight. Folks, we're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. You can watch us live on our YouTube channel. In fact, if you go to HagmanandHagman.com, it should be playing as we speak right down below the four block or four box block there. You should be able to see us. Just gonna see us right there. Scroll down. Come on. You get the, there. You go. All right. I'm just kidding. But you can see. You go to HagmanandHagman.com, and, and we should be live and in person right there on your on your uh, computer, your iPad, your iPhone, and your eyeballs. All right, we're uh, folks. We're we're glad to be. Uh, and by the way, if you if you can't see us there, just go to our official YouTube channel, uh, and the link is off of HagmanHagman dot com. Also, HagmanReport dot com, which is where an aggregate of articles will be. And then I'm going to be uh, uh, posting my some of my thoughts to uh, HomelandSecurityUS dot com as well. So we're going to have three three different uh, websites going, and for your viewing information and entertainment. So, uh, folks, in case you don't know, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm with fellow investigator researcher and, of course, most probably my son, Joe Hagman. Together, we are the Hagman and Hagman Report. It's what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. We dig deep into topics captured, uh, the captured Illuminati-controlled mass media won't and will never do. While many people adhere to the conspiracy theory or coincidence theory of history and geopolitics and current events, we don't. We look at the conspiratorial aspect. Awakening others to the truth and the real news behind the headlines. I want to thank everyone who's tuning into us tonight. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us tonight. You know, we're all in this together. We really are. We're all in this together. If you're listening to this, we're, you're part of this. We're just trying to find out what's true, what's, what, you know, how we are being gamed into, into, uh, captivity, gamed into subjugation and gamed into, Gamed into things that we really shouldn't be being gamed into. You know, the, the world is a, is a really a big chessboard, and certainly uh, we are we are part of it. And it's we're being used as the pawns, perhaps, in this game of 3D chess, folks. Before we get started, I want to remind the, everyone portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Nuts.com. You know, I got to talk to the head nut of Nuts.com. Oh, what a nice guy this man is. And, you know, quality control, that's our number one concern at Nuts.com. Nuts.com, microphone code HH. Nuts.com, microphone code HH. Nuts.com, microphone code HH. What a great guy the uh, head of Nuts.com is. Family-owned business since 1929. If you like like, uh, peanuts and snacks and, wow, man, go to Nuts.com. Type in HH. There you, there you will get a 
Just a wonderful special there. Four free snacks. Four free snacks with your, it's a, it's a $15 value with your first purchase. New customers, nuts.com. What a great uh, website. What a great offer. And that's, spe- in fact, you'll know you're in the right place when it says, hey, hey, you're a Hagman Hagman listener. It might not say that. It might appear in type. And more appropriately, it might say, hello there, Hagman Hagman listener. I do suspect that that's what it'll appear. And then you know you're in the right spot. That's nuts.com. Microphone code HH. And while we're at it, the beautiful, joyful sound of music, the tones, frequencies, music, oh, it can affect your moods, it can affect the way you think, and it can calm your stress, reduce your anxiety. Goodness. <laughs> I, I I have it piping in everywhere here in to the studio and offices of the Hagman Hag Report. It, it reduces various bad thoughts and it really can change the way you think what am I talking about wholetoneslive.com 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 folks check it out more on that later have a wonderful show for you planned tonight planned for you tonight wonderful show Joe it's great to have you here uh, we've uh, I see your see your busily looking Look at the, some emails here looking uh, for some yeah Got so many accounts that I, uh, well, yeah. it's hard to keep track of them all, but we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, if people want to interact with us or if they have a comment, question, concern, or, or just a, a general, uh, uh, outline. And, uh, to Dean in London, I did, we did get your email. We, we did, we have seen your material. Yes, you're right on the, the money there. So if you're listening to this, Dean in London, you can, you can send an email saying, okay. <laughs> But yes, uh, yeah, we did. So yeah, it's the, the studio at HagmanHagman dot com, Joe. That's that's where we're. Looking. Absolutely, and we have um, a number of of things we want to talk about tonight. If you uh, notice the topic of the show, and let me just pull up the YouTube here to make sure I, I have it correct. It is. Um, it, it's kind of an odd uh, title, if you will. Because it, we're going to be covering a lot of information that's important for everyone to really get into. When it, yeah, when I say keeping, odd title. Keeping but. America safe from us. That's right. Um, wording it that way due to the fact that the uh, government continues to encroach on the uh, liberties and rights of Americans through executive actions or un- other unconstitutional laws and or treaties. And at the same time, they put out publications saying that if you believe they're doing so, you are a violent looney tune national security extremist. Yeah. Yep. Um, just an example. It talks about, um, and I mentioned this the other day, the New World Order. We know that in 1991, on September 11th, the George Bush Sr. gave a speech where he used the term New World Order, saying that the New World Order, uh, now is the best time to bring in this New World Order, one in which the uh, ad- the goals and objectives of the UN's founders could be implemented and realized. And he said a lot more than that um, <clears throat> in more than one speech, but the, the one speech that I'm referring to is September 11th, 1991, exactly 10 years before the uh, New York City and the 9-11 attacks in uh, the Twin Towers and the Pentagon in Pennsylvania, if you will. But in the 
uh, one of the latest unclassified law enforcement sensitive um, reference aids. It lists a, a ideology of a potentially violent extremist, and they say this is a belief in a new world order. This is a conspiracy described by militia members as a plot by a secret cabal of powerful individuals whose goal is to create a one-world socialist government under the auspice of the United Nations. The U.S. government is seen as collaborating with the New World Order to strip Americans slowly of their freedoms in the takeover, which allegedly would involve establishing large numbers of detention camps for American dissidents. And again, this is a... um, no, an no, ideological we, we don't want to fight anyone. This is an ideological belief of what they say are violent militia extremists. Anybody who opposes federal and state uh, authority or regulations. Can you people document who, that? People who have been known to adopt anti-government belief systems, sovereign citizens movements, white supremacist movements, and violent militia extremists. And they say that this... Uh, Violent militia extremists often combine anti-government beliefs with various conspiracy theories. Some <laughs> tout the existence of a despotic new world order or cite apocalyptic or end times beliefs to support their outlook. Individuals within both of these nonviolent elements of the militia movement and the more violent extremist minority profess that militias are the last line of defense in protecting the U.S. Constitution and freedoms against the federal government that they see as increasingly eroding citizens' personal rights, property rights, and the right to own firearms. Now, 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 now tell me what the source is on that. Let, let's Department be, of Homeland Security. Okay, so this is coming, folks, this is coming directly from the Department of Homeland Security. This is sourced out. What's the date on this? Well, this date is uh, this, August 2011. Right. This is old now. This is a republished correct uh, assessment due to the increase of the militia activities we see in the western part of the United Keyword. States. This has been reintroduced into law enforcement today. So anyone out there saying, well, you know, source it. We just sourced it. Department of Homeland Security, original publication date, August 2011, right? Yep. It's, it, 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 so if you believe for one moment... And, I, and I'm sorry to raise my voice. I, I, I don't mean to sound. I don't no, want to sound right. like I'm ranting. I want okay? to pull up the text but, of, of George Bush's 2000 and, or right. 1991 um, speech, just so we th- can get th- things Thank clear. you, because I, I really, I, I really, you know, people. I, I, I got an email today, and uh, from my from a longtime listener saying, you know, you had a source of material, and I wrote back to this person, and we had like four or five email dialogue. I said, well, we do source, and, and, and he wrote, no, you should source, um, you know, be more precise in your sourcing. And I thought, you know, I finally, okay, uh, okay, fine, because, you know, the, the problem is, well, how do you know it's true? All right. Well, okay, here it is. It's right from, see, do, do we have to have a program? For example, we during do. our programs, we do. We do. should we, do, should, should we like source everything, footnote everything? In terms of when we speak, okay, um, I, I we try to do that anyway, but I guess we have to really, you know, push forward on this. Well, some people come into the uh, understanding of what's going on, um, you know, late in the game. True, as, uh, that's true. Other people have a vast knowledge of things that have been going on and what has 
um, been said and what has been done and the lies that have been told and the manipulations and cover-ups that have been uh, perpetrated against the people. And some people come into this uh, with no knowledge of any of these um, things that have happened. Very true. So Very true. It is always important yeah. to, to back that up. And, and I guess I guess that just just makes good sense, right? Uh, to do that, but but here we are, and I don't think anyone um, would dispute the fact that if you are a constitutionalist, if you're a patriot, if you believe in a pro-life, especially if you're pro-life, I don't I don't think anyone in our audience would dispute the fact that you're on the targeted list. Um, in fact, there's a name for the list, the administrative index list, and you can look it up. Index list. It's, it's not. It's no secret. But but then again, uh, you know, people say, well, stop because you're scaring people. Well, no, you need to know this because this is this is the the standard by which we are all being looked at by our government today. So, okay, go ahead. In um, uh, 1991, and I'm sorry, this is not the September 11th. Uh, well, I don't know. One says September 11th next to the video. The other one says January 29th. At the State of the Union address. Well, Anyways, there are there, actually, yeah. Um, so there were 11. two speeches. Right. One was given from the yep. Oval Office. One was given from the yep. uh, State of the Union. And it uh, starts as follows: What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in, in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind: yep. peace and security, freedom and the rule of law. Such a world worthy of our struggle, worthy of our children's future. Um, and apparently I'm getting bits and pieces of it here. Uh, well, but the actual the idea, right? speech that was given in front of Congress on September 11th, 1991, uh, the president then, George Bush Sr., talked about the... Fulfilling the goal or vision of the UN's founders, and yes. he says, "When we are successful, and we will be, and we, we have will a real be. chance at this new world order, and we're the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, can be fulfilled." Right. Um, anyway, and here's the, the better the transcript. But back to the whole point of this, and uh, a newly reclassified. A declassified document from August, September, ele- or 2011, right. lists the ideology of violent anti-government, violent militia extremists, anti-government extremists, sovereign citizens, uh, and anybody who goes against the federal government and their power or has an anti-government sed- sediment. They say that the conspiracy theory to believe that there is a powerful uh, secret cabal whose goal is to create a one-world government under the auspice of the United Nations, a government that is collaborating with a new world order to strip Americans slowly of their freedoms in a takeover which would involve establishing large numbers of detention camps for American dissidents. And And this is listed as uh, conspiracy theory or uh, what some would say is uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center would say, "Is you know, this is uh, it's actually hate. It's a hate belief." Yeah, yeah. Um, and to, and they go on to state uh, even before the New World Order ideology that the militia extremists are groups or individuals who facilitate or engage in acts of violence directed at federal, state, local government officials or infrastructure. And they also state that the 
uh, reason they do so is because the government is, their, their belief is the government is deliberately stripping Americans of their freedoms in an attempt to establish a totalitarian regime. These individuals consequently oppose many federal and state authorities, laws, and regulations, particularly those related to firearm ownerships. Um, and, and there we go. And now we're off to the races. Yeah, and this is what it's all about, protecting you from yourself, protecting the country protecting, from, protecting America from the us. citizens of the country. And that's, you know, it is... Um, when we approach this from a Christian standpoint, I, uh, just me as as a Christian man, and again, not as a pastor or minister, just me as, a, as a, a Christian man, I look at this and I think, okay, we've got a responsibility to our families. If you're a Christian man out there, like I am, um, we have a responsibility to our families to protect what protect our families from danger, protect us from danger. And, and a lot of times people, Joe, um, including some people in the, uh, all of the, the primary media, as they would call it, but many people in the alternative media tend to either go one way or the other with this. They either go really far, far on one side, uh, saying, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, your doors are going to be kicked in tonight, basically, or, 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 t- or take it really far one way, or, the, or they go too far the other way. And, and we often are, we are often captured by the paralysis, like what I like to say, the paralysis of analysis. And, uh, we, we, you know, sometimes it's right there before us, but we tend to, we tend to, uh, not see it. And, and this is important. So this, this has been re, so, so to recap, okay, this has been go. reintroduced. Go ahead. The, uh, I found actual, um, transcripts of the, uh, original speech that was given. All right. Let me just make sure that the date is correct. Yeah, it's um, September 11th, 1990. And then you had... 1991. 1991. And, and you're, Ten well, years before the uh, terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001. Well, the, well, okay, there were two speeches. Now, you, there was a January 1991 speech as well. Correct. Okay. And, and um, but, but, so, regardless. Now, the dates are important because one, I think, was the inaugural... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm looking in. here to see if they. Uh... But regardless, the George Herbert Walker Bush, member, a high-ranking member of the uh, many, you know, Skull and Bones and secret societies, uh, stated flat out, right, right out, man. Um, Skull and Bones holds a lot more power than people think, yeah. than I even thought. That's right. Uh, just from doing the research that I've done, Skull and Bones is actually, uh, you know, they have the secret societies inside of secret societies. They have initiated. Um, those in the know, yep. like we have the, the Freemasons where they have, uh, 33 degrees according to Albert Pike and many others. Um, you know, but the, not until you get to the highest levels do you understand, uh, which I find hard to believe. I think you would be able to, to see that a mile away, but, um, it's not until the highest of initiates who understand that they're worshiping the devil or Lucifer instead of, yeah. There's a massive deception out there, and it's easily, you know, it's very easily to to get ensnared in that. And and, and but but with with respect to the skull and bones, I believe what they they allow fifteen, uh, fifteen people into the order every year, and you are invited. You cannot volunteer. Uh, there is a deference to uh, uh, the children or offspring. Or relations to uh, Skull and Bones members, and of course, don't forget, um, Tim Russert had talked about this and had asked members of, of 
Skull and Bones, I think it was uh, uh, George Bush, George W. Bush, and others before he died. Okay, so uh, I'm not saying there's any any anything odd there. No, as a matter of fact, I had it wrong. 1990, September 11th, 1990. I'm sorry, I thought that was what you said. 1991. I thought it was 1991. But there was a January 1991 speech as well. January 16th, 1991. All right. And, and, uh, and, yeah, okay. Where Bush goes on to use the phrase New World Order. Um, he says the New World Order, where the rule of law governs the conduct of nations in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Right. Now, um, what are the visions of the UN's founders? That would be my first questions. Out of these troubled times, our objective, a new world order, can emerge. Today that world is struggling to be born, a world quite different from the one we know. Uh, and well, there's other, uh, and it goes on from there. He talks about the, the rays of light, the thousand points of uh, uh, rays of light. And that, that thousand points of lights is very d- demonic. Have, oh, I mean, yeah, it is. It has. If you read, um, not Crowley, Bailey. Bailey. Uh, Alice Bailey. There is a, uh, I forget the name of the book. There's a few books she has written, uh, which were actually, as Russ talks about, demonically inspired. Russ Dizdar, we're referring to. Yeah, and you read these books. It talks about these rays of light and what they actually are. They are described as rays of sunshine or, or sunlight, but in reality, it's part of the the United Nations Lucius Trust New uh, World Religious yep, yep. Um, uh, rituals. Yep. And I'm not sure exactly how they fit in or what their definition would be, but um, this is a very this is an all encompassing. Uh, you know, the people who have run this government, from the people who've been elected to the people who've been selected, like Henry Kissinger, Zbigniew Brzezinski, uh, Hillary Clinton. Have all talked about it. Keep even, that right there, because I, I even Rockefeller in his book in his memoir on page four hundred five says, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase that he says, you know, some people accuse me and my family of being uh, part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the American uh, people to establish a uh, a one world order, and he says, if this is the charge, I stand guilty, and I'm proud of it. Right. Uh, and that's kind of cutting it down. But that's in David Rockefeller's own memoir. Yeah. And we have the Rockefeller file right here. I'm sure it's in there. But there it's is no shortage of, uh, you You want to find speeches on who is talking most about the New World Order. It is the heads of government, the heads of states, and those people who are in positions of power in the United States government. The only people that I see who are calling out the New World Order are not violent extremists. There are those who are just calling these people out for what they are. That's right. You know, here we are, folks. We have a lot of news to cover. There's a lot of news in the background, a lot of headlines, a lot of important stories. There's gun control. You know, in keeping America safe from us, this is what the executive actions. When Joe when Joe thought of that title, I thought, man, you know, that, that that's exactly what what they're trying to sell us on. That's the bill of goods that, that, that we are being sold, uh, keeping America safe from us, from you and I, from the mm-hmm. people who, from the people who put God, guns and guts first. Now, you might think that statement is, is pretty earthly and, and, and 
And and it is, I suppose. But we, when you have reverence and obedience, reverence for and obedience to God, and and again, I'm speaking as a Christian man. Um, clearly defining my role here. When you have reverence to God and a fear of God, because fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You don't have to fear any man before you fear God. I mean, there's carnal fear, but there's the spiritual fear of God, which is. Once you, you get better to, have that. Once you get to a certain understanding and and relationship with the Lord, that carnal fear dissipates. It, 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 Not right. that it won't go away completely, right. especially in situational um, uh, instances. You know, no, we're, we're human, so we we yeah. You, you, I uh, yeah. come in the studio early, and and my dad's in his pajamas, and kind of jumps out of the office door at me, and I. You know, jump back in, in fear. Now you take that back. <laughs> uh, or, you know, yeah. uh, you, you find yourself in the middle of a... Uh, Some people you know, have a, people a fifth of, of whiskey in my in the desk where I, I got my, 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 my pajamas. But that uh, is, a, is a human reaction, that initial fear. But as long as we can control our, our thoughts and understand... Um, well, right. The, look, look. I, anyone without a without an earthly fear to me, okay. Now, now, explain that to me. We, we, you got to be Looney Tunes because what, is, what does that mean? You, you don't fear if you're uh, edging well, close to a so mountain. Well, it's not so much as a fear. Um, it's, it's a healthy respect for. Look, yeah, you can look, say a healthy we, respect. At the same time, on. it's a you know we have uh, uh, our human nature, which is is carnal versus well, our right, spiritual right. nature, and they are. Uh, basically at war with each other constantly. So um, it's right. a battle. It's it, it a look, constant but battle. if somebody's shooting at you, okay, you, you, you know, you're going to, you, I would say you, you're going to be afraid. You're going to have fear. I've never been, been shot at. Uh, if I'm not afraid, I hope I am <laughs> uh, very aware and, and uh, what's it, flight or fi- fight or but, flight? Right, right. I got to tell you, I was shot at once. And, and I, you know, the weird thing is, I didn't know it at first. <laughs> and and that, that's really kind of strange. It, it was this. I'll tell the story. I was. It was yeah, I want to hear. This. I don't think. Did I ever tell you this? I I, I had I don't to know. tell you this. It, it was it was nineteen seventy eight, seventy seven, okay. seventy seven maybe. It was it was in the late seventies. I'm not going to pin a date on it. And I was working um, as a on the rescue squad at EMS in a, in a city, you know, paid position that. And um, actually, now come to think of it, I was shot shot at twice. But um, the second time, not really shot at. That was somebody shooting themselves. And, but that's not a different story. But anyway, so uh, I was working on the ambulance and, and the rescue ambulance oh, rescue. Okay. And we pull up to this house, and uh, I was I wasn't driving, and it was it's dark in the middle of the night and kind of gloomy and I don't know. I mean, it was just you know kind of one of those. Ugh. And it wasn't a bad neighborhood or anything. The call, the call. I mean, I remember the facts, but the call was uh, um, unknown. I mean, it was it was an emergency call, unknown emergency call, unknown type of medical emergency. So, and this is now you can understand. This is back before all the EMS call centers and everything. You know, this is back when actually rescue squads, for example, in a, in a city had telephone numbers you would dial. There's no nine one one. At least not where we were at. So, or you called the operator and they connected you. Yeah, I'm old. Okay. And of course, the, the ambulance that we, I was in had, uh, one of those, didn't even have a light bar. It had a single one of those 
you know, lights, the single lights on top, right? Okay. <clears throat> so I got out of the passenger side, and uh, I, 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 there was like a crack. I heard it was a, it was a, it wasn't a gunshot, a crack. And there were, you know, the light that's on the top, the pieces of plastic fell off the, um, fell off the roof. From and the, the ambulance light? From, from the ambulance light. Okay. And I thought, wow, you know, that light just exploded. And I kind of looked at the, my partner at the so, time and, and I said, Dave, I said, well, what, did you see that? What happened? Hey, so, you, you looked, what? Somebody was aiming at you or? Well, I don't know if they're aiming at us, just, but they got uh, the light. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he said, wow, you know, I don't know, man. We, you know, and he, we looked back because trying to see if there was like anything that low branch or something. I mean, because you don't expect that, right? You're not expecting that. What was it in the year 2000, 1999 or 2000 at, on New Year's, uh, celebrate Erie? We, yeah. uh, there was a, a woman downtown. Actually, she was a young lady, a teenager, yeah. I, I believe. Um, and you know, people go outside and, and after midnight and shoot their guns in the air. I think a bullet traveled over four miles in the air and came down on this lady's head. A young uh, girl, actually, yeah, and it caused. Yeah. So, She's still uh, messed up from yeah, it. Yeah, it's horrible. But anyway, so so the, the pieces of plastic fell, and it we're I'm looking at it and and again we were just really confused. We thought there was a mechanical problem with the light, um, or the little little monkey or hamsters inside that were, you, you know what I mean. So. Um, however, our curiosity was satisfied and we received answers when <laughs> the next thing we know, the window behind the, not the driver's side window, because the driver's side was facing the actual house where the shots were coming from, but the window behind the driver's door, uh, exploded and you could hear the, the shot. At that point, it was like, a holy cow moment. It, it, there was words said that we, uh, you know, today, I, I don't have to repent, okay? And but that's yeah. why, uh, I mean, one, one time we were doing an investigation in, uh, in New York, central New York. I don't know if you remember this. This was a long time ago. Um, <clears throat> and you, uh, sent me to the door of a man who was sitting on his porch and I had a shotgun sitting right next to him. It, it, well, you don't think I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny because I was younger and I'm thinking, is this really smart? I'm going to go up and, and, and lie to this guy for a pretext to, to talk I, to I, him. I, I, I figure that he's sitting what? right next to his gun on his little rocking chair on the porch like he's just waiting for people to walk by to Yeah, I, I, figured, I, I figured if he came back, it would be okay. Uh, anyway, but, but, but see, again, so it, did, you know, did I have fear? Of course. You'd be stupid not to have fear. And a healthy dose of it, you know, as you're diving into the back into the front, and you know, steering with your. <laughs> I'm not sure how my partner at the time, Dave. I'm not sure exactly. I, I just I remember him like laying across the. It was a it was a bench seat or yeah or no there was a, a console in the front, but he was laying across. And I think he had one hand on the on the uh, accelerator, the other hand on the on the uh, steering wheel, both. Both side doors were open, <laughs> and we were we were blowing down the street with both both doors open, and trying to get away, obviously, and underneath the you know any kind of shots and uh, oh, it was just it was ridiculous, it was crazy, but it well, was just fun. to talk about the the gun control, the new world order, uh, and the yeah, United yeah. Nations, the and by the way, that 
you know, speaking of, the, the, I will say this: the guy who had the gun. There's no law that would have stopped that man from getting that gun, okay? Because I do, I remember the follow-up on that, and there was no law at all that would have. I mean, unless you go was this one of confiscations. Our, one of the cases that was, you know, in the rural areas of the no, states. No, I was say because I think people are just born with guns uh, in certain parts of, of the country. No, no, and and, and you know, I, so yeah, I mean, gun control is is what's being thrust upon us right now. And disarmament, as the UN will, will call it. And they start with nuclear disarmament and move to small arms, uh, disarmament. Um, and this is what they're, they're moving towards now. I mean, how many nations in, in the world are nations that have citizens that have populations or citizens that are armed as a population? I mean, there were a few as, you know, well, you not know, too long ago. Um, Australia was one. Well, but they uh, turn their guns in. Yeah, if I can, if you don't mind, let's uh, let, let, let's just let me do this real quick here. Um, it, we're talking about gun control, and, and you know, folks, you've heard these numbers, you've heard statistics, you've heard the stories, you've heard all the talking points, but against the backdrop of of what is happening to us or what they're planning for us, you know, Obama does want to take your guns. Obama wants to take you out as well. Um, and you know we and also it's, it, it's more than obama obama's the, well, the face of it now thank you yes but um you know when obama was was still in diapers uh when you had people like kissinger and brzezinski who were running um the scenes in the shadows and sometimes in in public as you know secretary of state and whatnot these people were the further the people who furthered the agenda uh the new world order as we say is not new at all it is the original world order of a government void of God and set up by a tyrannical uh, small-g God king right. uh, demanding complete worship of himself over God. And that brings me to uh, what I found in this book, Leviathan. You know, it, uh, from Thomas Hobbes, 1651. Folks, if you want to, you can get a free copy online. It's called Leviathan by Thomas Hobbes. It's a 647-page uh, book, and it deals with four parts. One is, uh, uh, they don't have them listed here, but uh, it's about the Commonwealth, the the union of church and state, and the design, or the final cause, as he says, the end design of a man uh, is to love liberty and dominion, in the beginning, you'll see restraint, but throughout the Commonwealth, they say that the uh, conditions of war and the uh, laws of nature, justice, and equality will lead men to their most fallen state, their most derogatory and, and evil way of, na of a natural living. And uh, to this end brings about uh, an end of a, a, a world, of a society. And not just a society as uh, America, the Commonwealth. I mean, we look at the history of nations. When you look at uh, what was the last republic that had control of the world and fell, it was Rome. Well, arguably so. You're talking about. Well, I'll just leave. Okay, I'll stipulate to that. Go ahead. I mean, and if you take, we talked about Atlantis um, and what that 
government was, that was also a republic, was it not? Uh, Atlantis? Yeah. Well, yes, Plato. But, but yes, yes, it was according to legend, right? According to, okay. The point then, being what? Well, you have, you have monarchies, you have dictatorships, you have, um, you know, different types of authoritative governments. I guarantee, but all, I guarantee somebody's going somebody to take issue with that, saying Atlantis was not a, a republic. Um, but, okay. Well, I have a, well, Plato wrote his book, The Republic. Uh, uh, yeah, but there are people who don't, yeah, I, I understand that. You're, 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 yes. And I'll, I'll clarify it. I'll make sure I, uh, I'll I'll look it up because I just had his book up, open and I know right where. We're talking I about. mean, regardless of what Plato said or regardless of how it's the described, I mean, you you're gonna have people saying you, you know you're talking about alliances even though. Uh, uh, the point I'm trying to make is any man-made government, whether it starts out as a monarchy or it starts out as a constitutional representative republic, all ends the same way. But but here's how it ends too, and let's get back to really the the subject at, at hand. Again, Obama doesn't want to take your guns away, okay? And he's doing this. He's and and this is part part and parcel to the bigger agenda here, which includes tools at his disposal, the executive actions, the executive orders we know about. What about the TPP? What effect is the TPP going to have on this? And it's going to have a chilling effect on gun ownership here in America, and it's going to have a chilling effect on speech. It's going to have a chilling effect on things that you don't even you haven't even thought of yet, and no one's talking about this. Did you read about yes. the Atlantean Treaty? That they were in the forties that they were trying to sign, which is exactly what the TPP, yes, uh, and the uh, new European American Treaty, TIPA or TIPP yes. and uh, TPP and TIPA, right? And they talk about this, right. uh, you know, very openly. That uh, and I, it's but right see, here. okay, and, and you hold that book up because so people can see it. See, this is not a new agenda. The TPP is not a new agenda. It's. Uh, it, 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 no, the, they, the globalist is not a new agenda. They say, uh, the future of federalism came at a time when other U.S. political leaders and many of our best friends in Congress were afraid to even mention such words as federal or union in connection with the Atlantica, lest they arouse controversy and opposition from misguided patrioteers. See, okay, stop right there, because they, the, 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 um, Oligarchs, because we do live in an oligarchy, obviously. And, and you saw the, the the panels that we had put up, the images we had put up on Monday, I believe it was for Monday's program. You know, this is a we we talked about the, the elections yesterday. This is a single party platform, really. I mean, this is nothing but an oligarchy in which we live. If we if you're listening to this in the United States, and I would even say that goes even more for. Canada and, and, of course, any Western nation. In fact, as, as, as you see on your screen right now, if you're watching this via YouTube, it's a big club and you ain't in it. That's what oligarchy is. And if you look at the images above that, the pictures of the different people in there, they're all laughing and having a good time. Of course, that reflects the the nature of what an oligarchy is. It's, it's what's good for us or what's good for them is not good for us or Right, you know, there's a separate, a distinct separation between the serfs and the ruling class, and that's what it is. So, Republican, Democrat, Cruz, Trump, uh, uh, Hillary, it it don't matter. It does not matter. I should be and more accurate. Just a few quotes from this: uh, The United World Federalist came, was formed in 1947 by two CFR uh, Norman cousins, James P. Warburg, whose statement 
uh, promising world government by conquest or consent. Uh, one of the most famous slogans of the Rockefeller Front was one world or none. It goes on to state that um, America, although uh, it says Americans cannot, you cannot expect Americans to give up their uh, freedoms in a one foul swoop. They do not expect Americans to accept this world government overnight. Like water dripping on a rock, they plan to wear down all opposition in time. And in order to do that, Joe, and folks, this is the, this is a part of what we're talking about here, or a big part, they need to disarm us. Now, let me go through some facts real quick here. And folks, again, you know these, but... These are the gun control? Yeah. Okay. Let's put all this in kind of in one place, and some quotes. We put together some things, because this is not, again, this is not a new agenda. Aristotle, both the oligarch and the tyrant mistrust people, and therefore deprive them of arms. You, you hear so much talk on the left, from the left, about we, as conservatives, Christian conservatives, have this... Uh, you know, we have to have this, the, the, our guns because we just distrust our government. Well, listen to Aristotle. Both the oligarch and tyrant mistrust people, therefore deprive them of their guns. See, they have it backwards. Or they think we have it backwards. No, we've got it right. Just listen to Aristotle. How about John Adams? Arms in the hands of citizens may be used at individual discretion in private self-defense. This, according to uh, his uh, speech in 1788, a defense of the Constitution of the Government of the United States. Uh, Let me go through a couple more here, just real quickly. Um, For power to concentrate and become dangerous, the citizens must be disarmed. Of course, that is from an article, Death by Gun Control. That's the uh, that's from a, a specific website, the jpfo.org website. Concentrated political power is the most dangerous thing on earth. For power to concentrate and become dangerous, dangerous, the citizens must be disarmed. Okay. Now, I, w- I just want to draw your attention to this because you talk about consolidation of power. There are two quotes here that talk about concentration and consolidation of power. Have we not seen that under Obama with respect to the IRS and the merging of the healthcare system, the takeover of really one-fourth of our economy and merging it under the IRS and in so many other avenues, so many other areas of our federal government, this Leviathan from, uh, to, to kind of, uh, segue off of what you were referencing. So mm-hmm. this is what this is. Um, and let me read from go on. this. Uh, it says the only way to erect such a common power speaking of a a commonwealth, as may be able to defend them from the invasion of foreigners and the injuries of one another, and thereby to secure them in some such sort as thereby their own industry and their own fruits of the earth, that they may nourish themselves and live contently, is to confer all their power and strength upon one man or upon the assembly of men, that they may reduce their wills by plurality of voices unto one will which is as much as to say to appoint one man or assembly of men to bear their person and every one to own and acknowledge himself to be another of whatsoever he that so beareth their person shall act or cause to be acted in those things which concern the common peace and safety therein to submit their wills every one to his will and their judgments to his judgments this is more than consent or concord it is a real unity of them all in one as the same person 
made by covenant of every man with every man, in such manner as if every man should say, Every man, I authorize and give up my right of governing myself to this man, an assembly of men on this condition. Uh, this done to the multitude to unite in one person is called a commonwealth. And notice that we still have commonwealths here in the United States, Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Commonwealth of Virginia. Why is that? Have you ever stopped to think why that is? That's a whole program by itself, but there you go. I just want to bring that into the mix. Folks, in 1920, let's just go through this real quick. In 1929, Soviet Union, they established gun control. So from 1929 to 1953 in the Soviet Union, about 20 million dissidents, they were unable to defend themselves. They were rounded up and exterminated. And can I? That does not include the 30 million that Stalin starved to death in the Ukraine at mm-hmm. that same time. So, is it called the unknown famine? Right. And, and please bear with us here because we do this first hour is laying the groundwork for a really interesting second hour in a very important second hour, okay? But we need to get this out because this is all going to be tied together during this program. Um, look at the look at the various uh, stats and countries. In 1911, Turkey established gun control. Between 1915 and 1917, 1.5 million Armenians, unable to defend themselves, were rounded up and exterminated. And people say, well, gun, gun confiscation does not equal, you know, uh, tyranny or extermination. B.S. China, gun control, 1935. So from 48 to 52, four years, well, actually five years, uh, in- inclusive. From 1948 to 1952, 20 million political dissidents were rounded up and exterminated in China in, in, uh, uh, based on gun control in 35. Guatemala. Who does not? Guatemala. They established gun control in 1964. From 1964 until just 1981, 100,000 Mayan Indians unable to defend themselves, notice that phrase, were rounded up and exterminated, were killed. Uganda. Idi <laughs> Amin. Anyway, uh, they established gun control in 1970, from 71 to 79, and this is frightening, to say the least. Three 100,000 Christians Christians in Uganda in that period from 1971 to 79 were rounded up and killed. Now, the total dead from the Uganda operation is 2 to 3 million, and that includes various other religious sects that um, were involved. Cambodia, 1956. You know the story about Cambodia. Gun control that was established in 1956 from 1975 to 1977, upwards of two million, and that's a low estimate. Mm-hmm. Educated people, people with glasses, women, um, doctors, lawyers, anybody with an education, they were rounded up and exterminated. Defenseless people rounded up and exterminated in the 20th century because of gun control. We're looking at 56 to 60 million at a very minimum. Gun owners, Australia. In Australia, remember what happened in, uh, what year was it? 1996. The Australian government, and we, we hear people talk about this, right? About, oh, the Australia and the, uh, the Australian model and the British model, you get these, these really educated, uh, uh, Marxist people on democracy now with Tom Hartman and Amy Wackadoodle Goodman and, and although she has some good stuff sometimes, um, and I gotta give it to Tom Hartman too sometimes. You know, they're, they're, uh, 
well, they're misinformed, but and and certainly brainwashed. But anyway, in 1996, the Australian government confiscated how many weapons? 640,381. That's the official total. Gun owners in Australia were forced by new law in 1996 to surrender their guns. 640,381 personal firearms were to be destroyed, or actually were destroyed by the government. Uh, costing a program that cost Australia ta- Australian taxpayers over half a billion dollars. Imagine that. See, they're not only gonna gonna take your guns, but they're gonna charge you for taking your guns. And that's the Australian model. The, how'd that work out for Australia? Let's let's take a look, see, shall we? Well, Australia, Australia wide, homicides went up three point two percent after the gun confiscation. Mm-hmm. In Australia, assaults went up by 8.6%. Armed robberies. Oh, armed robberies up 44%. They I mean, think about that. In, in the, in the nation state of, or in the state of Victoria alone, homicides with firearms up 300%. Law abiding citizens. Especially in, Especially Christians who have a have a, a misguided idea of Romans thirteen will turn in their guns. The criminals are not going to do do so. The criminals are still going to possess their guns, and and the the, the misinformed and, and misguided Christians under Romans thirteen are going to be helped by the clergy response team to to do it. Um, it this is sad. This is sad. So the next time someone talks in favor of gun control, please remind them of history, please. And if they attempt to rebut the history, you've got to have a rebuttal for their rebuttal. So it's very, it's, it, you know, think back to World War II. Remember Yamamoto, uh, Admiral Yamamoto? He, he's the guy who crafted the attack on World or on Pearl Harbor. Remember him? Why didn't he, you know, Joe, why didn't he invade America? He decided not to invade the country of America because they knew most Americans were armed. Now, they couldn't, at that time, they did not have the weaponry, of course, to, to, to like, they didn't have an atomic bomb or uh, some sort of bomb. It would have been a just a horrific thing to invade America, given the state and given the fact that they were, that most Americans were armed. And it was reported that, um, uh, actually, Yamamoto, and I didn't know this, and I wonder how many folks know this, Yamamoto had attended Harvard University. Did you know that? I didn't know that. He had attended Harvard University from 1919 to 1921. He was a naval attache to the United States from 1925 to 1928. This guy was in America. He knew what America was all about. Most of our Navy, Navy of course, was destroyed at Pearl Harbor. And our army had been deprived of funding and was ill-prepared to defend our country at that time. And, um, well, even Yamamoto said when he was asked why Japan did not follow up the Pearl Harbor attack with an invasion of, the, of our mainland here, his reply was that, look, I lived in the United States and I knew that almost everyone, almost every household had guns. Is that a reason, perhaps, to resist gun registration and confiscation? under the pretext, which is being really billed to you under the pretext of gun control and reasonable, sensible gun control. When anyone says reasonable and sensible gun laws, no. 
run or you know be very wary of that because they're neither reasonable nor sensible. In the uh, <clears throat> in Plato's Republic, it talks about, and I'm just going to paraphrase through some of sure. this because it's a uh, very detailed. And this all connects. So go ahead. It, it talks about the uh, beginning of the Republic, um, and it is you know first. Uh, they say the first care of the rulers is to be education, of which an outline is drawn after the old uh, model providing for an improved religion and morality, um, in a expansion in music and gymna- gymnastic, uh, poetry, art, harmony of the individual and the state. It said we're uh, thus led uh, into different stages where morals, education, religious, and science are changed. And it says such a state is hardly to be realized in this world, but to the perfect ideal succeeds the government of the soldier, uh, this again declining into democracy and democracy into tyranny and in, ima- and in imaginary but regular order having not much resemblance to the actual facts. When the wheel has come full circle, we do not begin again with a new period of human life, but we have passed from the best to the worst, and there we end. Well, history keeps repeating itself because people refuse to learn the lessons from history. And, and it's interesting because the, the the Illuminati power brokers, the, and we're going to be talking about the Illuminati here in, in the second hour, but they seize control of public education and the textbook writing curricula prior to World War II and have refined this and, uh, as they begun really to count down toward this time when they would take our right to keep and bear arms as a precursor to seizing our guns. They did not want a, want a wide understanding of history in which you just referenced there too is how they are impeding and our understandings. What has uh, you know surprised me most as I remember starting to study the Commonwealth and the Republic and the different forms of governments and their endings is that from all I can gather from people who've lived it and who've uh, created it and wrote about it is that the Republic would be is the worst form of government in the sense that it lets man be the get the ultimate freedom. And of themselves and, and of their uh, lives, uh, where they have the the free time, the time to be. Um, when you're not busy, what are you? I <laughs> can't think of the word. Uh, you're content, and you are. Uh, you have free time. You know, you're not constantly working uh, or doing something of purpose, uh, and you just degenerate and as the society degenerates it goes towards their own self-atrophies that's right folks we'll be right back you're listening to the Hagman Hagman Report on the other side some mind-bending information I guarantee you're going to want to hear this oh have we got a have we got an account for you we'll be right back after this stay with us folks This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hour number two of this Thursday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Today is January 14th, 2016. We have, uh, first hour, we were talking about a number of things. We were talking about the history of, of governments, 
the New World Order, kind of all over the place. Uh, but getting away from Focus the main purpose, gun control, yeah. which is gun control, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, yeah, uh, b- before we move on with our second hour, and boy, we have some interesting things for you, the second hour folks. Um, I want to tell you about Nuts.com. Nuts.com is the best website I've found for snacks, nuts, uh, dried fruits, coffees even. Coffees, yes. Over 39 different kinds of coffees, uh, over 170 flavors. They've got uh, gifts. Uh, you can you can get uh, baskets, uh, baskets of buckets of nuts, for example. You send them as gifts. You can buy cooking and baking goods at nuts.com. Now, folks, go to nuts.com and enter our microphone code in the microphone code box up there. Enter HH for Hagman and Hagman, and, you know, it'll take you to our little space on nuts.com. It's really great because you'll know you're there when it, when it, you, you're met with a screen that says, hello there, Hagman and Hagman listener. And all you have to do is choose your four free gifts on the page, add uh, really just make your purchase of other goods, other goodies actually, and uh, place your order. And this is a $15 value. They ask that you, there's a minimum purchase there for $25 for your first order, but to get $15 on top of that, that's, that's almost like getting, you know, half again as much free. So it's really kind of neat. But they've got everything there. And let me tell you something. Um, I could tell the difference. You go to the grocery store and you buy a bag of peanuts or you buy a bag of cashews or even, like, I, I know people who love uh, pistachios. And they're, the taste is so different. The quality is so different. It's so much better from nuts.com. I don't, uh, you know, they, they must have, uh, like, little uh, uh, nut munchkins running around and, and am I allowed to say that, or am I going to get a nasty email? No, I'm serious. They 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 roast and and uh, their the, the cashews and peanuts and all all the nuts varieties of nuts and and they do it them, themselves. And they have really, in my opinion, the best tasting snacks on this planet. And you know, nuts.com. It's a real simple and convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy. Snacks, nuts, cashews, whatever you need, whatever you'd like, delivered right to your door. They're from all around the world. Boy, you know what I really like? I just, I love their dried fruit section. I love their, their, uh, dried strawberries. And I mean, it's melt in your mouth good. They've got chocolate covered nuts, every flavor of gummy bear. And they got something called monkey munch. You gotta try it. I mean, it, I, I just love saying that monkey munch. Hey, pass me the monkey munch. They've got sugar-free, gluten-free items, the best selection. They have just so much to choose from. Go to nuts.com. That's nuts.com and enter our code HH. Nuts.com. HH is our code in the microphone box on the top right for your four free samples. Oh, oh, oh. And you can choose from over 50 options for your four free samples. Oh, and they've got over 3,000 different types of healthy snacks. Can you imagine 3,000? And they do every one well. I have ordered from nuts.com, and I have not found one bad nut <laughs> or one bad anything from nuts.com. They're, they're top quality, and you know they're fun to get because they come in a box and with all kinds of anecdotal writing on it. It's just a fun thing to get. It really is. Our family loves it. Uh, people who have received it, I've got nothing but great feedback. That's nuts.com 
HH in the microphone box. And we are talking about great companies. And we're talking about great companies. We have so many great companies. We really do that are a part of our, our lives and, uh, whole tones live. I mentioned this earlier. We had Michael Terrell on a couple of weeks ago talking about whole tones live, talking about the frequencies, music, what it does with the healing powers of music. Um, there's been breakthroughs where, I mean, you can read about doctors confirming the healing music, the powers of, of music and the powers of frequencies of music. And, and actually, if you, on the dark side of this, we in this program have talked about the, the negative aspects of the bad frequencies and what it, what it can do. I mean, so frequency, think of it as a tool because it really is. It's a matter of physics, science. It's a matter of biblical principle as well. But what Michael Terrell has done is captured the, the, the frequency to affect various things like your, your, uh, your thoughts, your, your moods, healing, uh, to, to promote healing and such. He's done a great job and he's a tremendous artist. And if you heard him, he's a former pastor. And, and if you heard him on our show, you understand the biblical basis for what he's doing. What a great, what, what a great company. That's WholeTonesLive.com. Whole Tones Live, as in whole, as in whole, entire, you know, W-H-O-L-E, WholeTonesLive.com. Visit WholeTonesLive.com and download their samples and order away. I guarantee you, you will not be sorry. And I've, I, I know a lot of people who have ordered and, uh, they've said, wow, what a great, what a great product. So WholeTonesLive.com. Dot com, WholeTonesLive.com. You can go to HagmanHagman.com and, and click on the link from there as well for all of the companies. So, you know, and we, so we, we, it's just great. It, it really is. Um, but getting back to what we did in the first hour, I just want to kind of mention one more thing and kind of tie this up and before we get into the next subject here. You know, we, we're talking, we're looking at the um, Obama slash globalist agenda. And, and you, you, everyone better understand that... Um, there will be additional false flags taking place, uh, shootings with guns. Mm-hmm. They need that. They need, mm-hmm. and they need to instill the fear among the people, especially the people in urban areas, the city dwellers. There's a huge, um, uh, there's a, there was a study done, and I don't have it in front of me, but um, about the different people who don't like weapons or or, or will at will embrace gun control. One is the victimization. One is urban people who live in urban areas as well is another. And it's interesting the mindset between those who live in the city, uh, the general population versus those who live in flyover country, shall we say, or in more rural areas. And this is one of the other reasons too. When we're going to be getting more into this in the next, uh, next segment here about, uh, about how this is all being done through manipulation, mind control, if you will, it's going to blow your mind when you and how entertainment, the entertainment industry is, is taking part in this. But um, gun control, folks, and just to wrap this up, gun control is not necessarily going to um, be signed into when I, with gun control. The gun confiscation is not going to happen. I don't believe uh, necessarily by the stroke of a pen. Such as Australia or Great Britain. The ultimate road to gun confiscation as we see it 
barring any additional false flag events, is going to come incrementally. The approach is to disarm the American public in small increments, taking away certain rights requiring registration. We've seen that, beginning with what is obvious, the disarming of really the younger generation. And you got to make, you know, we, anytime the New World Order agenda, the globalist agenda is, is at play here, you see the target being the the younger generation. And we're going to explain why here in a moment. But all of this is, I mean, this is what's what's taking place. Now, I guarantee you that the uh, uh, the figures that will be given to us with respect to gun control, they're going to be, for example, the next time gun control is talked about or the need for additional gun laws, um, you're going to see some really bad statistics or statistics that will lie. And, you know, my dad used to say, uh, figures, what is it, figures a lie and liars figure? Okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's amazing. Figures can be used uh, and, and statistics can be used to push any type of uh, any type of agenda, but when you look at the myths and and the uh, when you look at the government, when you look at laws, when you look at the social costs, when you look at the myths of gun control, uh, that the fact that that reduces crime. And folks, again, I know you know this, but uh, we have a lot of people tuning in that, that need the basis of understanding before we move on. Uh, look at 1976 in D.C. And I'm just going to throw a couple more of these out, and then we'll move on. 1976. Washington, D.C., they enacted one of the most restrictive gun control laws in the nation. D.C.'s murder rate rose 134% through 1996, 20 years, while the national murder rate dropped 2%. Okay. Uh, among 15 states with the highest homicide rates, 10 have the most restrictive gun laws in the country. Um, Maryland. Just look at Maryland. If you live in Maryland, I feel sorry for you. They've got the... Well, they claim to have the toughest gun control laws in the nation, and they rank number one, however, in robberies and four in both violent crime and murder. The, the robbery rate there is more than 70% of the national average. And <laughs> go back to some of these people, some of these statistics when I read them and facts I read, I'm thinking, wow, you know, I knew this, but I didn't know it in like this. For example, the landmark Federal Gun Control Act of 1968 that banned most interstate gun sales that had absolutely no impact, no discernible impact on the criminal acquisition of guns from any other state so that was just legislation that just never landed like some of, like most of my humor never lands um, <laughs> New York, one of the most restrictive gun laws in the nation they've got 20% of the armed robberies and I've got all of the citations for these. I'm not going to go through the citations, but I do have. The non-suicidal firearm death rates for the United States and California from 1993 through 2010. Um, this in particular, it's a myth that's promoted primarily by the Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence and Covering the Years 1993 to 2013, is a lie, a bald-faced lie, in my view, and based on a lot of the um, uh, footnotes, suicides, which are sixty-one percent of four, uh, uh, which are sixty-one percent of gun deaths, fell much faster in California than the rest of the nation. And it, the um, California passed the the first 
of two three-strike laws in 1994, which began the process of incarcerating repeat violent offenders. But when you look at the laws, none of the decline in California gun deaths can be even closely attributable to the state's gun control laws. So when people cite, for example, um, the California uh, gun laws, and say, well, it worked in California. They're being disingenuous because nothing, 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 nothing uh, goes to that. Um, the Brady so, Bill, and this is the last thing, the Brady Bill caused the decrease in gun homicides. You might hear people say, oh, the Brady Bill, well, that, that, that worked. No, 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 not necessarily, no. Uh, a couple of things. There were there are more guns in the United States than cars. When you take a look at that figure, there's I think 228 million guns and 208 million cars. And I'm rounding up or down. Yet you're 31 more times 31 times more likely to be accidentally killed by a car than a gun. And this is according to the National Safety uh, National Safety Council. Uh, despite cars having been registered and licensed for almost 100 years, but with regard to the Brady Bill in particular, all violent crime, including gun and non-gun murders, fell during the same period from 92 to 97 when the gun, when the Brady Bill was introduced. However, the percent of homicides committed with guns stayed the same. So, did it have any effect? No. No. In 1992, 68% of the murders were committed with guns. In 1997, it was still 68%. So, the decrease in gun homicide rate was part of an overall declining crime rate and had nothing to do with the Brady Bill. I just want to bring that out because we are being gamed, we are being lied to, and we are being disarmed for a purpose. But but, but what about being disarmed? It's just one part of keeping us safe from ourselves, which is the title of tonight's program. But what's really going on in the background? And this is where it gets weird, folks. And you're going to have to listen to this. This is where it gets really weird. We often talk about Tavistock. Go ahead. Did you want to? I just want to, one Thomas Jefferson quote. Okay. Single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of the day, but a series of oppressions begin at a distinguished period, unalterable through every change of ministries, to plainly, uh, to plainly prove a deliberate systematic plan of reducing us to slavery. And that's what they're, they're subjugating us under the oligarchy, all under the tyranny of an oligarchy system. And, and that's what the, the bigger picture. Remember yesterday, we talked about a view from 35,000 feet from the cruising altitude. Well, I mean, we talked about political theater as well. We talked about the, uh, the little, uh, games that, that are played, the, uh, back and forth and, and, and the microcosm, you know, people stuck at, well, as Greg Jackson had said nine references yesterday, we are great at majoring in the minors, but we're not great at majoring in the majors where we should be. Looking at the bigger picture, the wider angle view, the the view from 35,000 feet of cruising altitude, uh, and looking out over the plains to see what exactly is taking place. This is where we need to be. So, yes, it's tyranny, it's the oligarchy, and it's the subjugation of the American people. But how are they doing this? How are they succeeding at this? And this was a question... Right in preparation of the night show, Joe and I were talking, and this is a question that we needed to have answered. And we have previously spoken about the Tavistock Institute. We had previously spoken about mind control. We previously uh, talked about all of these things. But this is interesting. We are going to get into something here that I think you're going to find really interesting. And in the end, 
we you you may folks you may recall us talking about Rain Man. Remember that? Remember us references our references to Rain Man? No, not the movie. But um <laughs> not the movie, not the movie Rain Man, no. But you're gonna find something very interesting here as we look at um the larger shall we say the larger agenda of mind control and how we are being gamed. Um Remember us talking about the Tavistock Institute. Remember us talking about the Illuminati, for example. We have the, we have the cover of the Economist magazine uh, here, or the, the Economist magazine. We know that's a Roth, owned in part by the Rothschild uh, family. We know that the Illuminati or the people in power like to um, like to tell us what they're going to do before they actually do it. Now they may not accomplish all their plans, but nonetheless, there it is. Why, perhaps why, you might ask, why would, why would, why would the nefarious workers of darkness uh, in, uh, throw their plans out in plain sight? You might be wondering why, if a conspiracy of silence uh, to control the world does in fact exist, why the supposed masters of the universe in their minds, instead of hiding it, would promote it through songs, videos, and Hollywood film. Well, folks, the truth is, the truth of the matter is that the secret societies love to hide things in plain sight. And they like to play games with us. And they like to do their magic with a K right in front of us. And for those watching on YouTube, we I, I, I just found this clip from um, of a, a, a movie, folks. You might have seen this movie. What's it called, Eric? Um, the movie is is uh, oh my goodness! Now you see me. Thank you. I always want to. I, I confuse that with another title. Now you see me. I don't know how many people have watched or seen the movie. Now you see me. But before we get into the crux of this material, those people watching on YouTube. Have a take, take a look at this clip, and those people who are listening live, well, you'll be able to hear this, but not see what. what and I'm not going to narrate which what, what people are going to see, but if you watch the movie, you might recall this scene. Go ahead, at your convenience, roll the clip. Sorry, that's unfair. Let me warn you. I want you to follow. Because no matter what you think you might know, we will always be one step, three steps, seven steps ahead of you. And just when you think you're catching up, that's when we'll be right behind you. And at no time will you be anywhere other than exactly where I want you to be. So come close. Get get all over me, because the closer you think you are, the less you'll actually see. I'm going to nail you. Something wrong with that soda, miss? First rule of magic. Always be the smartest guy in the room. Now, I don't know how many people remember that movie. I don't know if that brings back any memories. First rule of magic, always be the smartest guy in the room. Well, another rule of magic is to divert people's attention away from certain things, from where the action is. 
and as I said, you know, things hiding in plain sight. Now, what we have, and, and as we go through what we're going to do, this really give you the, the keys, shall we say, to the mind control and, and give you some examples of, of, of the um, mind control in the media. We are going to just keep the, the magazine cover, the entire cover that's on, I think it's on page 15 of The Economist, on the screen for the people that listen or the people that are watching on YouTube. But, but look, everyone likes listening to music generally, but how many people really understand the meaning of the lyrics, the, the effects on the listeners? Many of the mainstream songs you hear that make it to the top of the Billboard charts, why do you think that? The, why are those songs selected? And I say selected because do you think it's by popular vote or by how many times they're played or whatever? We often ignore things we don't understand, by the way. We, we focus our attention on, on the words themselves instead of the deeper meaning behind the words. We focus our attention not, perhaps, on, well, we don't focus, well, we tend to ignore things we don't understand, as I said focusing our attention on the words themselves instead of the deeper meaning behind the words, such as the imagery that they promote, the symbolism, the historical references, and the occult within the lyrics. Within the lyrics, See, we're looking at an occult New World Order. We're looking at an occult system of takeover combined with the visual representation of the songs, because now we're going to just reference songs here, contemporary and recent contemporary. Our senses are being bombarded by a whole range of emotions, and have you noticed that there's an appeal to your subconscious with certain songs? Have you ever wondered why rap is so popular among the young generation? Have you wondered about that? I mean, it's interesting. It is a uh, the same reason that you know heavy metal and rock and roll was a, uh, so popular when you were younger. It's because of the rebellious nature that it offers, and uh, also the level of, of uh, crudeness and, and the vileness and the just downright. I mean, it's it's terrible. To listen to it is there's right. nothing good or nice or positive about it, and ninety nine point nine percent of the uh, case when you're talking about I mean you you have people who do gospel, uh, what you rap. Christian rap. There are is people it, who that, do political, good? political right. yeah. rap. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but for the majority, the overwhelming majority, it is a. Um, a evil uh, way to express yeah. evil ideas and thoughts. All right. And nobody can argue that it has not had the, you know, the lyrics in, in rap songs have not uh, influenced, or they have influenced the, the kids and the people who listen to them as we see the culture that rap has promoted turn into a culture that kids now act out. Right. And you, and you might be asking yourself, well, what does this have to do with gun control? What does this have to do with the TPP? What does this have to do with anything current? Well, uh, you go back to the clip 
mind control. You have to understand we are being gamed. You look at the bigger picture. Most people, and think of it, think of it this way: when, when you consider songs, um, how many times? How many times do you remember the entire song? No, you, you're going to remember parts of it. Probably like the chorus. Um, you might hum hum the songs on the you know along with the radio until you come to like a part, familiar part. Oh, I know that part. You know, and sometimes people get it right, sometimes they don't. But look, let's take a let's take a look at some of the songs, especially the hip hop area, because again, this is all we're going to tie this all together, and because you're going to see a pattern here. Uh, and we, I looked at this before the show. And, you know, sadly, since this has been written, there have been, <laughs> I mean, you could, you could fill a book now, just in the last three, five, three to five years. Yeah, and what, what we're referring to is in terms of being written or the lyrics that, that we're about to... The openness you know. of the, the, uh, <coughs> the, right. the worshiping of, of the devil, the uh, demonic nature of the music and the words that are used. And again, we're looking at, at everything now from a macro level. And when when you start to do that, you can see, actually see towns and villages below you. And you think, wow, that one town it is really not really connected to anything. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And this, it might seem like this is out in the middle of nowhere, but, well, but it, trust it's me. Not. It's, we don't even have to start in the, uh, in the world of, of uh, hardcore rap music. We can start in the uh, area of... Um, what we have here, Star 104, or a, uh, what teenagers listen to, a, a pop, top 40 billboard, uh, uh, station that plays like the top 100 songs over and over again that are, uh, you know, made for radio, made for, uh, pop culture. And we see people like Katy Perry, uh, you know, that song about, uh, having sex with extraterrestrials. Lady Gaga, you know these people and, who and are this, right and, and involved in the in the mainstream ba- aspect, ba- of Beyonce or whatever in the Super Bowl coming up, Beyonce, thank you and uh, <laughs> uh, Beyonce bounce, <laughs> but a Bing, I don't know, but but that that uh, there's another B that I was thinking of, but but she, you know, okay, she's gonna be involved in 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 the um, halftime show, so you you have to look at this and you have to wonder, okay, and what made them student. select that? And I'll be the first to admit it. that I never thought that the impact of the words and the lyrics had the effect that they did. I always thought that you could um, distance yourself or uh, basically you could listen to the music and not... Well, it's frequency and, and, the, and the programming the of the words. lyrics, whether it's be subconscious or overt, with you. Well, well okay. And that's wrong. Here's the thing. If you if you look at some songs, you're going to start to notice a pattern. No. Think of it this way. Here, here you sit and have you ever, you've been to concerts, I'm sure most people listening to this have. You're in it like a crowded, uh, venue, like a civic center, if you will, or someplace. You know, the, the lights go, go down and the, um, or, yeah, I mean, you could be watching it on a screen, for example, and, and you could see, um, the camera zooming in. And we'll take, we'll take a, uh, we'll, we'll take a, a situation here with, a couple of familiar rappers, for example, you might see a white guy, a Caucasian man with a red baseball cap, and, and a foul-mouthed counterpart in a in a white beret. Um, you know, the one might say, "What the f are you talking about?" And of course, you know, I'm cutting down the language here. If you can fill in the blank, in the 
We'll, we'll, in fact, this is this was a performance. So I, I will put this. Yeah, that's in, where. The, okay, that's yeah, where that uh, this was. This was a performance. Um, Okay, so let me just repeat this. So when you said the lights are dimming, yeah, this is I mean, the this, crowd being prepared to, to yeah. enjoy the... So imagine this, a white guy and a black guy on the stage, and a white guy with a red baseball cap and a, a black guy that uh, is wearing a, a, a white beret. And the, and the black guy says, hey, what the F are you talking about? He doesn't say it, he kind of shouts it. All right. Uh, the, the, the white guy says, well, he, he, he walks across the stage and stops kind of in the middle of the stage and says, if I come back, do you know what my new name is going to be? Now, he says that to the black counterpart. And, and the black guy says, well, what's your name going to be? Really kind of like an in-your-face, he's got a real in-your-face attitude. The, the reply rain, is, Rain Man. Rain Man. Rain Man. And, okay, there we go. So now the white guy, obviously we're talking about Eminem. If you've never heard of him, he's a really... Well, he's he's a he's a, I believe a creature of Tavistock. There, there's a drum roll accompanied by music that was piped in from somewhere, and uh, of course Eminem says, "Hey, put your hands in the air," and he begins like thrashing wildly about, and the audience the audience really kind of goes numb from the noise, the excitement of the moment, if that's what you want to consider, and and he yells out and says, "Say Rain Man." Say Rain Man, and you got more than more than fifty thousand people in this packed venue, shouting back, hands in the air, waving back and forth. You know, doing that whole thing, shouting back, Rain Man. So over the next four minutes, the word, the words, Rain Man, they're repeated over forty times. Yep, by Fo- both people on the stage in equal numbers, followed by uh, uh, lyrics that say. Uh, you find me offensive. I aim to be calm when I got to this level of fame, possessed by this devil by the name Rain Man. Followed by, speak of the devil, it's attack of the Rain Man. And it goes on from there. And, you know, one thing that's not included in this, which I find very interesting, is that one of the most, uh, one of the songs that made him uh, very well-known, was a song he did about killing his wife in the song. And, and, and disposing of her body. Right. Yes. Right. But that's not what, what is being pointed out here. And, and, and with a young child involved in that. Mm-hmm. But, but again, let's go back to the programming here and the focus on Rain Man. Eminem is one of the large number... Well... Yeah, he, he's a big time, uh, highly popular, and has been performer. Um, I think he's still popular. He, well, he's he, he's he's really the one that really began singing about Rain Man. Some someone called Rain Man. Others who use the same uh, mo in their performances. Rihanna in her song "Umbrella," where the words "rain" and "umbrella" appear in um, in the chorus and throughout the song, and, and the visuals. There's images. Um, during the song of Rihanna and her dance entourage. Yeah. Okay. And Rih- um, Rihanna uh, being soaking a, wet with rain falling on them. A uh, product of, of Jay-Z. Right. And, and that record label has have done songs titled uh, New York, where a, a famous uh, line from that song is, Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church ends. That's right. Um, and in uh, what we have here from... Uh, the examples here 
uh, well, the it, umbrella song, there is yeah. uh, two parts to this because the chorus, when it's said the way it is, and I can't remember it to mimic it, but the way that the word umbrella is broken down, it says something else while it's saying umbrella because it's uh, the way it sounded out as it's spoken. But then back to the Rain Man, um, it gets into that also. And then there are numerous other examples. Well, let's see. But, but, but I guess what we're talking about here is this assault on your senses of both the Rain Man as well as the visuals of rain, the umbrella. And, and we see other other rappers, other people like Fat Joe Feet and his Make It Rain. Fat Joe. Yes, I remember that. He had a song called Make It Rain. Okay, and then Wild Out, Blackstone, Sherry, and their popular rendition of Blind Man, and Jamie Foxx with his version of Rain Man, and on and on and on. So the question is why? Why? Why, why, why? Is there more to this than just the lyrics? Let's look at the words. And I think, Joe, you've got the words there. Well, yeah, um... Look at the words. There are uh, from the Rain Man, uh, and I'll go. Uh, I would go. The... I would go right here. Okay, I would start back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just I'd go right there. Okay. Okay. This uh, Jamie Fox. Um, no, this particular yeah, right, right, Rain right, Man. Right. Yep. Uh, it's a very mainstream song, and they say is there more to it? Let's take a closer look. Uh, Fox sings the following in the chorus: "Release me." Oh, oh, release me, Rain Man, Rain Man, Rain Man. Rappers, The Game, and their song, Cali Sunshine, uh, sing, uh, say the following, um, That's my flower of love. We make it rain like Rain Man when we play with the glove. And I'm skipping certain uh, lines as they have profanity in them. Uh, Jay-Z featuring Usher and Pharrell song Anything. Uh, they also reference Rain Man uh, when they say amateur pole dancing. Come get cash. Come get this cash for me. They call me Rain Man. She tried to rain dance. And um, this I've not heard of a band named, a heavy metal, metal band named Wasp in their song The Burning Man. Also mentioned it, Bob Dylan's Stuck Inside of Mobile with Memphis Blues Again appears on his 1966 album Blonde on Blonde. Oh, you and people must following. I, I know a lot now of people remember rain, that. Now the rain man gave me two cures, then he said jump right in. And again, and I want to be your lover. Well, the rain man comes with his magic wand, and the judge says Mona can't have no bond. Um, a hip-hop artist, Yeah Boy, which I've never heard of, pays tribute to the Rain Man in his likewise titled track, Hey, everybody say Rain Man, can we have a rainy day? Bring an umbrella, please. Oh, this is the, uh, this is what it, the Rihanna song right. was. Yep. The umbrella, Ella, Ella, Ella. Mm-hmm. Um, which that has a, a significant meaning also. Uh, Goes to a country uh, singer after this former country music superstar, Tanya Tucker. Yep, yep. Also sings to the Rain Man in a track titled Lizzie and the Rain Man. And it says, but there was one named Lizzie Cooper who said he was a lying cheat. (laughs) She said, you call yourself the Rain Man? Well, you ought to be ashamed. 
the next example is uh, they say things then get really interesting and very explicit and in your face. For example, uh, Jay-Z had a song called uh, Devils or D-Evils. Right. Um, and it says, Dear God, I wonder, can you save me? Illuminati want my mind, soul, and my body. Dear God, I wonder, can you save me? Secret societies trying to keep their eyes on me. Now, pay and attention compil- to those words. That's a compilation from a... Uh, actually, I know this. this is a compilation from two songs, an old Jay-Z song and an old Mob Deep song. And the only reason I know that is because the Illuminati part is uh, something that right. the rapper Mob Deep was calling out, and it was not a glorification. But in the Jay-Z song, it was used as such as he went on to make a song called Lucifer, <laughs> and what, Son of the Morning. And what do we see on Fox? What kind of, as a side note here, what 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 uh, uh, what series is now on Fox? But a series named what? Lucifer. Yep. Okay, go on. Yep. Um. Let's see here. Tupac killed. Okay. Okay. Who was killed? The month believed to be an assassination. Right. Some say they expect the Illuminati to take my body to sleep. At the party with their shoddies, just as rowdy as me. Yeah, he actually spoke out against the Illuminati. He uses the N word in here, which, which, yeah, I'm not you know, that. yeah. So, um, and like I said, there. If, if we were to, uh, if the, the author of this book were to go back from today's music, we would have a much, uh, much broader uh, selection to choose from. From not only rap. Groups, <laughs> pop culture, as I said. Um, well, like th- Brianna, this Beyonce, is very. Uh, this is, but but what we're doing here is we're we're focusing on a very narrow series of lyrics. But we're going to expand on this because we are connecting the dots. But you you got to understand where, like for instance, when when we talk about the Super Bowl halftime, we talk about the Olympics, we talk about these performers. There are certain themes that are intertwined here. So when, when we're looking, at, and again, we're talking about entertainment that is actually programming you to accept things like gun control, to accept things like the TPP. And you might think this is so far out of whack that we're nuts. Okay, it's it's ridiculous. By the way, and, and this from Eric from uh, our, our tech umbrella in Latin also translates to shadow under the influence of umbra shadow. Umbra can also mean phantom or ghost. That's an interesting aside. So putting this together, you're looking at these uh, the sudden and explosion of rappers and rap lyric, lyrics and umbrellas and Rain Man. What the heck is going on here? And, and we're only talking about the lyrical uh, or linguistic side right, of this. Right. When you look at the videos, um, these videos are some of the most. I mean, they're, they're worse than horror movies in in some cases. Uh, there's an, a a rapper, uh, Little Wayne. I think he's mentioned in here. Yeah. He does a video um, about uh, being possessed by the devil and having sex with with demons. And um, in his video, you see bugs inside of his skin and his eyes changing, rolling back, and actual... Uh, what, what's the thing outside of CERN with the eight oh, arms? Oh, Shiva, or, Shiva. Yeah. But, but notice the CGI graphics, too, when you're watching the video of the music that, that you know, as you as you point out. But, but, but look, okay, because we can go on and on and on with these with these examples, but when you look or think or hear these lyrics... 
instead of just looking at the lyrics as, as some type of amusement or um, meaningless show, you say, what if what they are singing is for real? In other words, oh, it is. What? But 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 okay. But what if someone's trying to tell us something? Because a lot of times people say, well, it's just it's just a couple of you know bozos up there on the stage singing. Uh, but what if people who are trying to tell you something are? are what if the people who are trying to tell you something are the very secret societies and the people behind the brainwashing? What if, what if it's not just like the people in power? You've got these entertainers that are, are spitting out these lyrics and singing, and everyone it, and, is waving their arms and going for it. But what if, what if they're trying to tell you something? And I don't know if we can we can find the video. I'll find it during the break. There's a short clip, Eric. We can play on the other side. But uh, a great example is uh, Jay Z. I just mentioned the song. It was called Lucifer. Yeah. Where he is singing the song, and they show him. They're recording him in the in the uh, studio doing the song, and he says something. <laughs> uh, he quotes scripture and then puts a twist on it, and then he stops the music and he says. Uh, Somebody said something to him like that came from the Bible, and he stops the music. He said, "That came from the Bible. I've never read the Bible in my life." Yeah, and, like with a surprised look, you know, like how did I know that? Well, okay, so so here's the bottom line. So, um, because we, we we've got we got more examples here that we can get into. I'm just we're just not going to do that. Um, uh, well, maybe uh, maybe maybe a prodigy. Uh, Look, they have a track called Illuminati. That's yeah, that's okay. the one we referenced earlier with yeah. the secret yeah. society. And, and he writes or he sings, but it's written. The lyrics are: "It took me thirty-three years for me to see the truth, ever so clear. I was too young; I couldn't articulate myself the right way, son. But now let me break it down, pass it all around. This is not a theory. This the conspiracy is real. They want to put me in a straitjacket in a padded room." And tell the world there's 12 monkeys so they can be confused. Illuminati want my mind, soul, and my body. Secret society trying to keep their eye on me. Notice I, singular, not plural, in reference to the Illuminati I. So, and not to mention all the different interviews with these entertainers who talk about their alter egos or how they sold their souls to, to uh, the devil for fame and fortune. Um, there's also many references not only to the Illuminati but to New World Order coming. Uh, I remember that uh, very clearly. And uh, the symbology in the videos are just as important as the lyrics. Right. Because, um, and I've even seen some uh, video, there's a good uh, uh, YouTube channel named Jason A. He does these compilation videos about prophetic signs of the end times. And lately he's been putting uh, entertainers in the compilations who are speaking out against what they see. Um, one of the latest ones was some rapper who said, uh, went on Twitter to say, you know, uh, to up and coming artists, don't let directors and, and other people just throw things in your videos when you, you have no idea, uh, what they are and you just go along to get along. Um, because when you go back and look, it's, it's basically, uh, you know, evil at the very core. Talking about, you know, these images of the, the eyes and the, right. the pyramids no, right. and the, um, almost warning people saying, uh, you know, just make sure that you're not just in it for the money because that's it's not about you know the money will make you happy. It, it's more than that. It's a spiritual battle. 
and some people are waking up to this, which is, is well, good. And Eric, the tech also mentions and, and wanted us to, to really drive home the point that not only is music on the radio, for example, but it's being shoved down our throats. This kind of music is being shoved down our throats via the TV networks, the multiple award shows, the multiple the, specials. As we discussed that. That's right. I mean, they show the right. Madonna in the Baphomet uh, position with yeah. the horns on and, and you know, um, Countless examples, and uh, thank you for that, Eric. That's uh, right on the money. So why, 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 why? And, and you might think that this is the most disjointed program you've heard with respect to the facts and the, the topics, but think about this. Well, reading the lyrics for kind of well, yeah, because we had a we had a we had to take out the. Uh, it, it seems like every other word is a is a swear word, but uh, so so why are these? These these people that whether they're they're rappers or country singers or rock stars why are they why are they beginning now now you don't hear you didn't hear Dean Martin do this or Frank Sinatra or you know any, no why, why are they now singing this. about the Illuminati why now we why talked now about this the other day as we as Christians allow the uh, moral lines to be blurred and to slip away the evil will continue to encroach and blur those lines and encroach and blur those lines. And as uh, Mr. Erwin Lutzer puts it, when a nation forgets God, the liberal theology will weaken the Christian influence uh, as the Bible will be stripped of uh, its miraculous considerations that uh, through the evolutionary thought and liberal theology that will captivate uh, man's minds who are not uh, intertwined with the one true God. And it says that this is not an accident that this generation uh, and generations before it have taken these steps that uh, follow, you know, further the loss of the Bible and Scripture in, in, in our culture. And if you haven't seen today, there's been a lawmaker calling to say uh, that they need to take the uh, In God We Trust off the, the dollar bill. I don't know if you saw that. Steve yeah, had that up on yeah, his side. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know the the constant. Um, you know, we're worrying about abortion. We're worrying about all these other issues that are going on. Well, while we're worrying about these things that are important, that do add to the uh, blurring of the moral lines in our society, the enemy has encroached. You know, twenty five steps on a different front that we're not paying attention to. And, and here, and notice that clip that we we had earlier which if you watched it you can see uh, you you can see the the application of that we'll say that magic and 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 think about how that plays out for example you know we think we know what we know but really we don't and you really have to see that movie and and see that one scene to appreciate how it all fits into this. But but look, when we when we're looking at at, at the at the videos, we're looking at the music. We see the lyrics. We hear the lyrics. A sudden rain man. What the heck's that all about? Uh, umbrellas and and all this other stuff. The new world order. I mean, really, it's Paul, widespread. It's common now. Sorry for jumping in there. Even Paul McGuire. I remember him explaining how when he was younger and Elvis was. Um, a big deal, and and uh, he didn't understand why the uh, adults and, and parents would make such a big deal of, about Elvis. And when he got older, he explained how you know uh, it was different the way he he danced and the way he did things, the way he thrusted his hips and the uh, you know 
the way he his posture and composure was. He was more sexual, more um, uh, it crossed lines that were never crossed before. Right, you're, you're, it's an expanding immorality. Right, and it, it's very it can be very subtle. But then you get to the point it's where incremental. it becomes not so subtle. There's it's, nowhere else to go from here. It is incrementally exp- right. It, it, completely it, it, turned over to only you know saying right. about evil. So okay, so so we talked about Rain Man. We talked about that 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 umbrella. We talked about the different lyrics and, and now symbols. Look, music videos are full of occult symbolism. Have you seen the occult symbolism? They're on the internet. You can f- easily find them. You see the Ankh the ancient Egyptian symbol for eternal life. In fact, um, it's very easy. Um, some people actually, I think Sarah Coventry Jewelry had the Ankh, um, was, you, you'll know when you see it. I, I'm not so sure about Sarah. I, I, I think it was that. And of course, the history behind Sarah Coventry, you know, you might want to check out. But, um, the various all-seeing, the symbols all-seeing eyes, the pentacles and the pyramids, the Masonic black and white, checkerboard floor think about that oh, yeah. the placement of, of the floors that okay as visuals okay we now have the symbolism presented to us this new world order we now know what it is we have the background on it we have heard obviously we've heard of the illuminati and then we have it in popular literature i just point you to dan brown's um um, da Vinci Code, okay, and, and talking about the different symbolism, but but who 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 is this Rain Man everyone's talking about and singing about? Who is the Rain Man? You know, that's that's what we have to, and, and you'll see various images in in, uh, in you know the black and white checkered floor. That means something, for example, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Joe brought it up on on the. Go ahead, on, the office. Uh, the office. Uh, yeah, there's a graph from the office, and I know because. Uh, uh, a few shows on Netflix that I like to watch. That's one of them. Uh, and I saw that the other day, and, and I, I thought about that. And um, Because somebody pointed out to us, we had a, a graphic of a black and white checkerboard. And I don't know what the, the symbolism of it means. It's, it's a mind control. Maybe, yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's got a long history. But look, when we get right down to it, um, as we go through, as we, and we had talked about the counterculture, we had talked about the, uh, in previous shows, we talked about all of the lead up to where we are today, understanding how we got to where we are today. And looking at the, uh, at the birth of the Tavistock Institute, we, we see the American offshoots, MIT and Stanford and other, uh, other institutes. The reason we are where we're at today is because we have been gamed into that. And you might ask yourself, well, gun control, how does that enter into the picture? You've got the celebrities, entertainers, who are part of this Illuminati slash cabal slash secret societies who are advocating gun control through mind or through uh, actually mind control using mind control techniques such as the symbolism such as the, the subtleties in the entertainment industry again the black and white checkered floor um for example watch manchurian candidate to get an idea of the basis for mind control but the the conspiracy of silence i guess this is the big thing here and um when we talk about rain man talk about all this you got to go back into history and and a great book uh that has it is um uh, it's it's by i think it's by patrick wood the uh tavistock institute let's see 
Daniel Estelin, the Tavistock Institute. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, he's, it's a great book that, that talks, great a, talks very much, actually, about exactly what we're talking about, which which does kind of tie in everything here. Hang on a second. And Daniel Estlin was the uh, is the uh, younger man who worked with Jim Tucker exposing the Bilderberg uh, meetings. We actually had him scheduled to come yeah. on our show, and he uh, ended up couldn't coming on for some reason, but he sent us a bunch of his books, the... Uh, Book yeah. prior to the, the Tavistock uh, book. transhumanism book, transhumanism. Yep, yep, that's exactly it. And he, he, yeah, the Bilderbergs and such. So, but to make the connection, and I just want to do that because, again, people are going to think that we're um, we're so far out of line here and so far disjointed. I don't want to give give you that that impression because uh, to stick to the topic. But when you, we had talked about the counterculture, we had talked about everything that's taking place up to and including the current events, including you can even throw nine eleven in there. Um, and why are Americans somewhat readily acceptant, especially on the, the, the you know, the people who are, why are they so readily accepting of, of things like, um, well, even like Obama, uh, Obama's, well, you, you see Mark Dice, for example, going on, on the various locations and saying, hey, you want to sign this petition to outlaw the First or Second Amendment? And people say, sure, go ahead. And, they, and they're signing away, okay? But this is all. This this is to be expected based on based on the uh, advances of the Tavistock Institute, and it's reinforced through lyrics and entertainment. But again, you have to ask yourself who this Rain Man is, and counterculturally, or in our counterculture, what does that have to? What is how does this play into where we are today? Go back to the Kennedy assassination. This is where Daniel Estelin. Uh, this is where we're going to paraphrase or cite heavily from Daniel Estelin. And this ties it really all together. And I think Daniel Estelin in the book Tavistock Institute, I think he does a marvelous job in tying everything together. Um, and I highly recommend his book, The Tavistock Institute, because this is the basis for what we're going through today. This is the reason. This is the mechanism. This is exactly, you know what, I, I look at the time here, and, and we're going to have to do this after the top of the hour. But this this will put it all together. This He does a fantastic job into putting it all together. Folks, you got to understand because if you stop now, you're going to think, God, we're just, just all over the place and not making sense. Oh, we will. We will. Stay with us. All right, come right back. Hagman the Hagman, Thursday, January 16th. Stay with us. <laughs> This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour of this Thursday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Today is Thursday, January 14th, 2016. We have been getting into a number of topics uh, from hour one to hour two, um, all heading towards a, a purposeful end and, uh, and a reason. Uh, and we'll bring it all back around after a few short messages and, and by the end of the hour. And if we don't, we'll be back here tomorrow to try over again. Oh. You don't have to wait that long. But while you're waiting, you know, 
disaster can happen anytime flood hurricane earthquake goodness gracious i mean supply disruption this is why we like americansurvivalwholesale.com they've got some of the best preparation products and money can buy i mean or or actually little money can buy in fact they've got a, a scratch and dent sale going on right now so to speak and i was talking to, to uh, Rhonda today Rhonda from hagman and hagman okay great great lady interesting it's a great buy because she is she knows survival prep she knows canning she knows cans she knows uh, the l- l- longevity of food for example, you know, the use best or use by best by dates on cans, uh, you know, it expires, uh, one of 16. Oh, I better not use it if it's two of 16. In other words, you know, uh, really? No. No. You've been sold a bill of goods, a lie. But in this case, Americans Arrival Wholesale, it's not, really not relevant except that they got some dented cans. They've got a few scratches on them, maybe. But they're intact. They're fine. They're good cans. They're the product is still good, but you can get them at a, at, a, at a drastically reduced rate. So go to AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. I like scratch and dent merchandise because I know as long as the product is you know intact, that's fine with me. But if, even if that doesn't interest you, American Survival Wholesale has got a great whole host of other products you can you can uh, uh, get for survival. Bug out bags and such. I mean, just they've got everything. Go to americansurvivalwholesale.com. That's americansurvivalwholesale.com. And, uh, certainly do your shopping. But we, we were getting the first hour, we we're talking about a number, well, really the first and second hour talking about a number of things. And it kind of revolved around the, at the epicenter of everything was really the New World Order agenda, the gun control aspect of things, the TPP, how things in this these final hours, days, weeks, months, and perhaps years are, are shaping up to enslave us and to subjugate us into into uh, complacency and captivity. But most importantly, the often overlooked aspect is the mind control aspect, and that's where the Tavistock Institute comes in, and this is where... We are looking at, okay, we're being assaulted. We know, we know we're being gamed on multiple levels, but do we know how the younger generation is being gamed? And do, do we know how we've been gamed since the beginning or since earlier? What about Kennedy? You see, because the counterculture really started after Kennedy, after JFK, after RFK, after Martin Luther King. Remember that decade of violence. Remember the decade of the counterculture decade. Yes, that's well. That, that was a product of the MK Ultra stuff. You know, now, if we could moving on, go on, go back to the thirty-five thousand feet. Yes, yes, view. please, let's do that. Are you familiar with an author named John Stanton? Stanton, Stanton, yeah, John Stanton. He just wrote an article uh, titled uh, "The Emerging Dystopian Republic: yes. Systems Engineering the Human from Birth Through Death." There you go. And, and we, the, shame on me for not... Go ahead. That, that's that's and good. I'll just read the first paragraph or two. It says, The systems engineering discipline is at once an exceptional, holistic, and precision tool for uh, conceptualizing, designing, fielding, maintaining, upgrading, and recycling systems as a diverse, handheld mobile communications device, the Internet, uh, www, urban transportation systems, U.S. military weapon systems, like aircraft carriers. Generally speaking, the systems engineering methodology considers the entire life cycle of the system or product from the beginning to end. The life cycle process must account for other key inputs, materials, human, 
humans, labor, time, funding, cost, operational environment, disposal, etc. A critical uh, determinant in the overall system engineering process is often the role of human capital. Where does the human fit into the system? What kind of human can the system tolerate? Human resources. Think back when there used to be personnel, now human resources. Go on. Yeah. And it goes on to say, you know, uh, how will the system uh, fit to the human or will the human fit to the system? And he goes on to conclude that the system engineers uh, and their holistic tools that they employ look beyond the large-scale system, the machine or megacity that is constructed, maintained, managed, and it goes on to the system of culture, politics, and economy, the totality in which complex communication networks, machines, megacities, nuclear weapons, militaries, political parties, rules, regulations, people, places, and things operate and exist. And he goes on to explain survival of the system more so than the survival of the people. And the survival of the system is to retain unmatched global military and economic dominance that depends largely on channeling individuals and clusters of individuals into life slots to meet the system's needs, not an individual's aspirations um, or some American dream. But it goes on to say that they will be engineered to support the system. The engineering of human systems will be begin with the cultivation, testing, monitoring of male and female genomic material, the fetus and test tube, through formal education stages, through the workplace, retirement, until the death, which is the cheapest way to die and dispose of the body. In short, individuals, groups, life cycles will be subjected to necessarily intrusive systems of engineering practices. The dystopian deterministic republic survival and mission success will depend on the discipline of the system engineering and the discipline of the acceptance of the individuals and it goes on from there i mean it goes to mention the brave new world and the uh what we have in the past and what we're going to see in the future um and he breaks it down into uh, a great five-page article and again the title is let me scroll back up here The Emerging Dystopian Republic, Systems Engineering the Human from Birth Through Death by John Stanton. You know, and and that's the bottom line. (laughs) This is a cradle-to-grave mind-washing. Mind, or mind, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) mind-washing. Hey, that ain't wrong. This is a a cradle-to-grave system of, of programming. Yes, yes. So we are being forced to accept gun control, the gun control measures. The people who will resist are being classified as dissenters. The people who are classifying us as dissenters believe, in fact, that we, um, we are mentally ill by, by adhering to the rules of law, the rules of, we'll say the Constitution, the rules of the biblical, uh, you know, defense, whatever you might, uh, whatever. But see, people now, are under such such a lie that you you know the old saying you cannot see the forest for the trees okay you're in this forest and you can't see your way out of it and there are other um clips from that movie uh, that i i was going to play basically the closer you look the less you see and, and isn't that really kind of what this is all about? When you really look at a microscopic level, you don't see the things around. You, you just see a very pointed 
very small slice of whatever you might be looking at. When you look at things from a 35,000 foot level, you can see a lot of things, and then you can begin to connect the disparate dots of the towns and the and the the, the farm pastures and the stores and the network of highways. And you get a better idea. You get a better understanding of things. That's the way it is too with the symbolism. We had we had gone over the lyrics of of, of rock or of hip hop. That of course is one area where we are being programmed and we are being told see that's the other thing we're being told that we are being programmed and again Daniel Estelin wrote a great book it's the Tavistock um, Institute that explains precisely how we're being programmed now let me we had, we had stopped the rain man but let me go take this one step further again citing heavily from the Tavistock Institute because he brings in the obvious or what should be obvious about the Kennedy assassination, which was a hinge moment in American history that has allowed that really it was a decapitation coup d'etat, whatever. But where we're going with this is to show you the end game. But to get to the end game here, where we're at today, you need to see the symbolism and the signature aspect beyond the conspiracy, obvious conspiracy. You need to look at the, the, the signature, the mark of the artist on what happened with Kennedy. And this, again, this is from Daniel Estelin, and it's extremely, it, I think it's great. I mean, I, I think it lays everything out real well, and it'll bring you to this point now where, where we're at today. And um, it'll show you how precisely, how exquisitely, and I, and I don't mean to use that word favorably, but how exquisitely we've been programmed. And the reason, and when you when you hear this, you're going to say, "Ah, oh, man, it, it's." Uh, but hang on, okay. I'll just do do it real quick here. And, and this is Estelin writes. What if I told you that JFK assassination was a ritual slang? And don't forget the ritualistic nature of the lyrics you heard. Um, uh, what, uh, yeah, what if I told you that JFK assassination was a ritual slang? What is known? Uh, what is known in the world of the occult as the killing of the king. Fifty-three years or fifty-three years ago, uh, this November, the president was deca- the, the government, American government, was decapitated. He went through Dealey Plaza, triple underpass, near the triple underpass. The government of America was decapitated, folks. We are in that limousine now. We are in the back of that limousine now. That is us in that limousine. And we are about to be the victims of a ritual decapitation. The means, gun control, gun confiscation, the means, uh, taking down the economy, the means, uh, oppressive taxes, you can't afford your house, stack and pack apartments, the means, TPP. The methods, mind control. The methods, um, uh, various levels of programming. The methods, brainwashing, governments, operatives, whatever. The opportunities are plentiful because we've been softened by the means and by their methods. Now, again, he writes, what if I give you enough evidence to show you that... uh, that this, that in fact, this was a ritual killing, despite the version of events wherein we are told a lone assassin killed the president with a magic bullet, and, and um, 
to understand really the Kennedy assassination and place it within the realm of the Tavistock mind control, secret societies, one world conspiracy, Nazi occult, Nazi occult, and this is where Nazi occult comes in too, because we we right today, the Nazi occult is playing a part in the mind control system. I mean, the mind control apparatus, the government system, the secret societies, they're all interconnected. you got to open the doors of perception into another, well, into the netherworld, rather, of the unknown by changing the way we look upon the details and the fantastic convergences of life, writes Daniel Estelin. This is the way ancient man perceived the world, encompassing a vision that detects every link, every symbol, beginning with the significance of names, and then places, necessarily including, you've got to look at location, including lines of latitude and longitude and the divisions of degrees and geography, cartography, and then obsessive actions which stem from the confluence of the two which have been, well, which have come known to be, come known to be, uh, well, known to be known as ritual as a ritual, as ritualistic symbolism and other types of references can be flagrant. They can be subconsciously picked up. The rap music, the symbolisms in the the entertainment uh, shows, subconscious, conscious level. You can see it with your eye. In films and videos, the type of subliminal messaging is achieved using scenes that contain brief flashes. Remember those of the popcorn by Coke? You're eating popcorn and you're thirsty. You're thirsty. They've outlawed that. Subliminal scenes, brief flashes of light and uh, dark, uh, well, alternating dark and light in video frames. That can also trigger programming. Symbolism sometimes is often more blatant, more clear, and more easily identifiable, but because of the meaning of references behind it are unknown to most people, the brain just filters it out. It is insignificant, meaningless, but the subconscious registers it. And the government understands this. The government mind control programmers understand this. None of this is meaningless, folks. Whether it's the lyrics, whether it's the the lights, whether it's the checkered floor, the symbols, none of it is there by accident. Now, JFK, you're going to be shocked to see how nothing was left to chance in terms of the JFK assassination, writes Daniel Estelin, despite the apparent scenes of chaos and disconcert. And and this, again, all connects together to what we're seeing today. And I don't know how many people have, have read his book, uh, uh, the Tavistock, uh, uh, Tavistock Institute, Social Engineering of the Masses. But I, I'd highly recommend it. Now, when you penetrate the secret soci- secrets of the secret societies and secret symbols, it would be helpful to consider, he writes, uh, the dictum, i.e. dictum of Einsteinian, Einsteinian physics. Now, James Shelby Downard, Michael A. Hoffman, uh, the second uh, wrote time relations among events are assumed to be first constituted by the specific relations obtaining between them now that seems like a rather cumbersome statement I'll admit secret societies masonic lodges cults and, and spies they use secret symbols to show their affiliation this is important the eternal pagan psychodrama is escalated under the modern conditions precisely because the sorcery is not what the 20th century man can accept as real. What is being said here, what, what, he's, right, what they're telling us is, we don't believe any of this is real. But see, it, it's not important what we believe. It's what important, what's important is what they believe. It, uh, James Shelby Downard and Michael A. Hoffman the second wrote, um, 
and I don't know how many people have read this, King Kill 33. Did you folks, are, are you familiar with that? No. They, no? They, they explain the mechanics of, of, of the assassination of JFK, which Daniel Estelin is dragging in, in terms of the Tavistock. They write this. Keep in mind that the ultimate purpose of John Fitzgerald Kennedy's assassination was neither political nor economic, but sorceress. For the control of the dreaming mind and the marshalling of its forces is the omnipotent force in this entire scenario of lies, of cruelty, and of degradation. Remember that once you spread the deadly virus, the disease will do the rest. Of course, that's the metaphor. I'm using, using that as a metaphor. Something died in the American people on November 22nd, 1963. Call it idealism. Call it the innocence or the quest for moral excellence. But you have to admit, if you were alive back then and of age, you know that something died that day. Just like if you, of this generation on 9-11, you knew something died that day. But keeping with JFK very quickly, um, it is the transformation, this particular transformation, by the way, of human beings, which is the authentic reason and motive for the Kennedy murder. Now, that, again, is from, that's Daniel Estelin referencing a book called King Kill 33 by James Shelby uh, Downard and also Michael A. Hoffman II. Interesting book. That's the thing about books. You get... You get one book, you look at the bibliography, you gotta get the other book, and then you know, that big way, and go on and on and on. And while I'm on the subject of books, I, we're also citing heavily from this trilogy. Um, I don't know if you can, for the people on, on YouTube, if, I don't know if I can, uh, it doesn't matter here. I, it's, it's, it's Sinister Force trilogy, Sinister Forces trilogy by Peter Lavenda, and Russ Dizdar has, has talked about this, about this trilogy as well. But, um, Speaking of James Shelby Downyard, uh, he wrote very uh, this classic. It's an underground classic called "Sorcery, Sex, Assassination, and Science of and the Science of Symbolism," that links American historical events with the grand occult plan of secret societies. That investigative work on the startling links within the Kennedy assassination re- that remained unmatched long after his death. This, according to the author, Kennedy and his wife left the. And, and oh, again, I'm going to hurry through this, but um, he, Kennedy and his wife left the Temple Houston and were met at midnight by just a, a bunch of people, uh, tireless crowds who were present to cheer the sun god, as Kennedy was referenced by the Mason, the secret societies. I shouldn't just say Masons. And his Jackie, of course, was considered the queen of love and beauty in Fort Worth the crowds there on the morning of November 22nd and they flew to gate 28 Lovefield, Texas. Now, you got to understand everything that I'm saying here as referenced by the authors by James Shelby Downyard as well as Daniel Estelin who opines in here as well. It's it's notice the connections. Uh, they left Temple Houston or met um, Kennedy was considered sun god. The uh, his wife, Queen of Love and Beauty, in Fort Worth, on November twenty second, they flew to Gate twenty eight, Love Field. Number twenty eight is one of the correspondences of Solomon in Kabbalistic numerology. The Solomonic name assigned to twenty eight is Beal, B E A L E. Think of that word too as you 
think of other songs that have that name in it, that word in it. The 28th degree on the 28th degree of latitude in the state of Texas is the site of what was once the giant Kennedy Ranch. On the 28th degree is also Cape Canaveral. If you go forward further east, where the moon flight was launched, which was made possible by Kennedy, uh, not by just his works, but by his death for the placing of the Freemasons on the moon. And we know the story behind the moon, you know, the, the Freemasons who would were part of that. Um, but uh, anyway, that could only be accomplished according to their twisted, perverse, and sickening uh, agenda by killing after the king was killed or killing of the king. So the 20th degree of Templarism, the Knights Templar Templarism, is the king of the sun degree. I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, but but try to follow, you know, hang in there. The President, Kennedy, and the First Lady arrived in Air Force One, and would you believe that Air Force One was codenamed, what, Angel? The motorcade proceeded from Love Field to Dealey Plaza. Dealey Plaza is the site of the Masonic Temple in Dallas, which has now been bulldozed over. Really, that that was the big deal with the with the plaza at that point. The important pers- uh, protective strategy for Dealey Plaza was planned by the New Orleans CIA station. They were headquartered in a Masonic temple building in Dallas, um, or I'm sorry, in a Masonic uh, temple building. Period in New Orleans, Dallas, Texas, is located ten miles north of the thirty-third degree of latitude, and the 33rd degree, of course, is the highest in Freemasonry. Now, you might think, oh, would you shut up already because none of this is relevant. You're just throwing out a bunch of numbers and stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Because when you look at things, Dealey Plaza is close to the Trinity River, you know, closer, which is which is before the um, which before the uh, introduction of the flood controls, the, the measures that were done, uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. Well, the Dealey Plaza had, was, was often subject, subjected to being submerged underwater. And Dealey Plaza, by the twisted logic of some of these secret societies, they believe that it symbolizes both the trident and its bearer, the water god Neptune. Again, you might think, boy, you're getting far out there. To this trident, Neptune came the queen of love and beauty, and her spouse, the scapegoat, the killing of the, in the killing of the king, right? The uh, uh, now th- this all gets kind of crunched together when you look at the icon- uh, iconography uh, of all of this. The when you start putting these things together, the the numbers, the 12.22 p.m., the motorcade proceeded down Main Street toward the triple underpass, traveling first down Elm Street. The the latter was the scene of numerous gunfights, stabbings, and other violence. It's the location of the Majestic Theater, the pawn shop, the the not-so-good district of the, well, the industrial district. Elm, Main, Commerce, they form a trident pattern in alignment with the triple underpass as any map Pick up a map and you'll see that. Many analysts contend that at least three assassins, by the way, were involved in this ambush. Three, of course, is an important number. And it's the prime tenet of masonry that its assassins came in threes. So just think about all of this. Could it all just be nothing, you know, just nothing but gobbledygook? Sure, it could be. But can it be at the, at this level? I don't know. Take a closer look. Masonic assassins are known in the code of the lodge as the unworthy craftsman. 
Notice Hiram Abiff. Joe, you talk about Hiram Abiff, the architect of Solomon's Temple, and uh, myth. Well, he 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 was he was murdered according to Masonic legend by uh, three unworthy craft, mm-hmm. craftsmen. So, because Masonry is obsessed for for what is one secret society because they're obsessed with um, with the Earth as a kind of a game board, if you will, and go back to the black and white checkerboard floor. Just saying. Um, the ancillary alignments necessary to facilitate this game is really, it is in, inordinately concerned with railroads, railroad personnel, uh, outside of, uh, uh, well, outside, you know what, outside of lawyers, I'll just mention this as kind of an aside, outside of the profession of, of, of law and, uh, one other profession, circus performers, there is no other vocation that has a higher percentage of masons other than railroad railroad workers. And where was, you know, where was the location of this by the railroad tracks by the underpass? Uh, so anyway, minutes after, and, and I'm going to kind of finish up with this because it gets really, it gets more intense. But we don't have to go down any further the rabbit hole than this. After minutes after Kennedy was murdered, we you saw what three hobos. The unworthy craftsmen, they were arrested at the rail yard behind Dealey Plaza. No records of their identities was ever revealed, uh, nor the identity of the arresting officer. All that remains of those few minutes are a series of photographs, a ritual accompaniment of a black mass that was a ceremonial immolation of the king, the unmistakable calling card of, the Mas- of a Masonic murder, the appearance, um, well, the three unworthy craftsmen, we know, appeared. And this was all very well choreographed. And we can go further. Dealey Plaza, how it breaks down symbolically. I'm just going to leave it, leave it go. Um, the, the systematic arrangement and pattern of the symbols, the things having to do with the killing of Kennedy indicates that he was a scapegoat in a sacrifice. The purpose, uh, of such macabre ritualism is further recognizable in the patterns of symbolism culminating in the final marking manifest all that is hidden basically. The, uh, the furthering as we go into it, go into it, uh, the killing of, of Oswald, the death of, uh, the death of, uh, Ruby, and also the twisting of the Warren Commission. So where are we going all with all this? So, so you just said a whole bunch of junk and, you, you know, gobbledygook. I forgot to tell you too, the Umbrella Man. Uh, think about that, uh, because we were talking about Rain Man. When you when you look at take a closer look at the uh, Rain Man and Umbrella, they may be defined. For example, again, citing from Daniel Estelin, book the Tavistock Institute, Umbrella. Uh, look at looking at definitions: collapsible canopy that protects from the rain or sun, object like an umbrella, something that gives support, protection, or authority. Umbrella in Latin, as Eric had pointed out. Translates into shadow under the influence of umbra. Umbra can also mean phantom or ghost. Isn't that interesting? And this is where we are headed because now we see the sign of the Illuminati, the uh, the subliminal messages that we talked about, the lyrics in the songs, the, the occult realm which is sweeping through our post-war and even into our contempt, well, obviously into our contemporary line of life. The uh, uh, all of this, all of this is bringing us to the left-handed path. Left-handed path by the secret societies. And they are pushing it down our throat. We had talked about Rihanna. 
um, earlier. Uh, and, and Joe, did you mention? And, and uh, this is where uh, Daniel Esselin, Esselin writes. Did you mention Rihanna, "Good Girl Gone Bad," or was was I imagining that? You mentioned some something else, perhaps. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if that was uh, one of the ones I mentioned, but there's so many. Uh, I mean, it's hard to okay. remember. Well, well, the bottom line here is is in this Tavistock. Uh, whole situation, and if it sounds like you know, I, I just we just kind of really tore this apart and, and and trying to you know pull pull things together. We what we have to look at is the um, again the larger view. We are seeing a signature event on a historical hinge moment with the Kennedy assassination. There's so much so many symbols, so much uh, so many symbol symbols that that were apparent back then. Um, in 1963 that associate the, the Masonic, the secret societies, and even the occult aspects of, shall I say, the Nazis, you know, George Bush's uh, supposed potential involvement, um, the sinister forces that were at play. And again, I have to, I have to cite a lot of information from Peter Lavenda's trilogy, Sinister Forces, who get into, gets into the, the, uh, uh, occult aspects of the assassination, but I said we said all of that to say this: the the lyrics, the raps, all of the symbolism. This, with respect to Kennedy, as bizarre as this sounds, you you've got the 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 actual conspiracy, the Warren Commission, the cover up, the LBJ, the CIA. Uh, you've got the uh, the fact that uh, uh, well, the Warren Commission. You know, Mason, Lyndon Johnson, he was a Mason. He appointed another Mason, Earl Warren, to investigate the death of Kennedy. It's like the 9-11 commission. Right, right, exactly. We're trying to appoint Henry Kissinger. Well, you know, we look at this. Uh, 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 Warren, by the way, and I did not know this, um, or Ford, Gerald R. Ford, I did not realize that he was a 33rd-degree Mason. He was instrumental in, in suppressing a lot of the evidence from from the um, from the uh, JFK assassination, and and what little evidence of a conspiratorial nature there was, never really reached the commission. Or I'm sorry, there was very little evidence of a conspiracy that really reached the commission. And uh, now, responsible for supplying information to the commission was another Mason, a member of the 33rd degree, of course, J. Ever Edgar Hoover. So. Uh, Alan Dulles being a part of this, the Nazi occult Nazi component of this. Alan Dulles, uh, former CIA director, he was responsible for most of his agency, his agency's data supplied to the to the Warren Commission. So you see where, okay, we can see here now where the decapitation of America took place in 19, 1963. It spawned the counterculture. When I say spawned it. It, it shouldn't say spawned. It really energized the counterculture because that was, uh, that was, of course, after that came the, um, the, the decade of the, well, the decade of the revolution, the counterculture. But it bore, you know, the, the hallmarks of, of Woodstock and also the music and such. Now we see it refined into the lyrics of, uh, of people like Jay Z, Eminem, uh, or of late, I shouldn't say refined now, but we see it going down the road now, and into going into a certain, leading us down a certain path, and we are late down that path. We are far down that path. 
Um, so when 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 you when you take a look at issues that face us socially, we have already been programmed. For example, anyone who says the JFK assassination was a conspiracy, you're you're kind of Looney Tunes. Okay, a lot of people, even though a majority of people, uh, the majority of people believe that there was more than one assassin. When you talk about it as a conspiracy, you are often ridiculed. The same with 9/11. So Obama going on state or being on on television saying gun control, talk of confiscation of guns is a conspiracy. Folks, the template for conspiracy. The accusations, the pejorative term, has already been laid many times over. Conspiracy. JFK. Um, but, and also to reinforce that, that level of conspiracy, accusation of conspiracy to, to, to support that, exists the entertainment, the entertainers who are shoving it in our face. And if, if, if you notice, Joe, that uh, Leno, or not Leno, but um, uh, people, the late night talk show host, uh, there was a couple of people on who openly mocked the conspiratorial, uh, saying, well, yeah, I'm a member of the Illuminati, but it was in a mocking fashion. Um, Jim Carrey that was, yeah, <laughs> was a comedian yeah, yeah. who was on uh, Conan, I believe. Or one of the late One of the late, yeah. But, but see, so the, the, how we have to look at all of this, if 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 we put this in a linear form here, we have to go from really. Uh, and I, what we did was we just took out a slice and and just hit some very obscure yet high points, but perhaps some points you never heard before, um, from the rap music to to the association with you know the Rain Man. So so Joe, bottom line, Rain Man, we really need to address that because we haven't closed that out. I mean, Rain Man and Umbrella. Who's Rain Man? Well, the uh, <clears throat> term Rain Man yeah. has a, uh, <clears throat> from what I've found, I guess, uh, it seems to be more opinionated than anything scriptural or or Yeah, you're not going to find fact. This. Yeah, you're not going to find And what they here. say is uh, the, at least from what I've found, is that, and, and let me just do another search here, uh, because I've done Rain Man, Illuminati, Rain Man, and it, it's um, it has to do with the it has to do with the devil giving yeah. you power for uh, using you and your and your uh, I guess it would be their gifts of singing and, and creating music or making music to brainwash people, showering you with uh, selling your soul for um, the goods of this world. And I let me go back to this website here. And uh quote from the site, um, The Secret of the Rain Man, God is in the Rain, God with Little G. That's right. Going back to the cult of Isis, the Eye of Horus, and, and the Little Gs of Egyptian and Babylonian mythology. The, uh, the Ptolemaic cults of Isis, the uh, Stoic cults, the pagan ritualistic uh, cults, the um, all of this, the Babylonian Hellenic models of mythology and and occultism. The, yes, I, I mean, um, okay, hold on here. I, I just found this site. Okay, um, it says this: Rain, 
uh, is water that has fallen as rain, rainwater, a heavy fall, descent of this water, to send down rain, to fall as drops of water from the cloud, to give, administer abundantly. Okay. The name rain means abundant blessings from above. It can be used for male or female. So rain man is referring to a male. Uh, we can arrive that rain man has several meanings. One, abundant blessings from above man. A man that offers abundant blessings from abun- above. A man who likes to make it rain, throw money uh, at strippers. That's from the Urban Dictionary. But it it goes down to um, the umbrella is defined as a collapsible canopy that protects from the rain or sun. Uh, something that gives support or protection. It's also Latin that translates into shadow. Correct. Uh, it can mean phantom or ghost. And um, back to Rain Man. Uh, basically, what I said before was it's uh, the devil will make promises if you worship him and will give you things. So, so we, we, Rain we, Man is it's a, a, it's God a cult. Or devil, it's, God it's a cult. G devil who offers abundant blessings from above, like money, fame, and women. With a heavy price, a bondage of your soul, and um, that's the easiest way to sum it up. Okay, I, I mean, so, so it, it's a cult in nature, you know. If uh, and Daniel Esselin writes this, um, kind of to supplement this in, in the fashion that perhaps. And they say, since Lucifer is a musical being, yes, uh, the Rain Man entity is a demonic possessed that takes over these artists to manipulate and brainwash the listeners. Well, we'll consider this because that segues into this. Um, uh, Esselin writes this uh, the about Rihanna. The curtain is drawn, he writes, and we're back in the real world. The coffin has been removed, the checkered floor scrubbed and polished, lights, camera, music. Uh, so what does a subliminal message look like? Here's one example he writes, and, and this kind of is, is another uh, crumb that, 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 that makes the cake. Um, Rihanna... Uh, her real name is Robin Rihanna Fenty. I did not know that. Better known as simply Rihanna. Um, she's a recording artist through her 2007 album, Good Girl Gone Bad, which peaked at number two on the Billboard 200 chart, featured, uh, featured five top ten hits, including three U.S. number one hit singles. Okay, that's who she is. And interestingly, interestingly he writes, among them was Umbrella. She also amassed over a billion views on YouTube, becoming the only the fourth artist to do so. Now, if you pay close attention to her video for Umbrella, and, and this is kind of this is really something, you may notice something very disturbing about it: a digitally mastered image that simply does not fit into the video, unless there's an ulterior reason to include it, like a subliminal message, for example. In one of the frames, Rihanna spread her arms, pushing away from the rainwater falling on her. Again, there's rain. Okay, as a result, if you freeze frame it, you can clearly see an image of a goat's head. All right, now, or maybe it's Baphomet's head. I don't know. Or, or, are we just seeing things where nothing is there? Are we just seeing uh, mm. uh, BS? Okay. Is it trick photography? And if it, if it isn't, then what's it doing there? Okay. So... Maybe it's not an accident. Maybe, maybe it's just a, simply a random thing. Okay, kind of like you know that that demons had in the smoke in, in 9/11. Some people believe it, it's random. Some don't. Maybe we're making too much of it. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're pulling it and trying to pull strings in here and, and and reading tea leaves. No, look, basic fluid dynamics is going to tell you that her body and arm movements cannot create the liquid formation um, in the clearly visible form of a goat's head. You just can't do that. Uh, it, it's just not you, you just now not only that but the liquid 
clearly comes out from the location of Rihanna's womb. Hmm? Exaggerating? Well, keep in mind that the music videos are created in fully in a fully controlled studio environment. We can attest to that. We don't do music videos, but we understand the, the aspect of studios. Therefore, if something is there, it's meant to be there. It's not there by accident. It's not an artifact uh, of, of the studio. So, it, look, look at it this way. And Daniel Esselin writes this in Tavistock Institute. He writes, uh, another example is in Eminem's Mosh video. There's an image of the Eye of Providence where an all-seeing eye can be traced back to the Egyptian mythology in the Eye of Horus. Now, many believe that they interpret it as an all-seeing eye of secret societies controlling the world from behind the scenes. It's there. It's painted over an image of American soldiers with the headline reading, Congress okays $87 billion for Iraq. Okay, now, now we're talking about something. Where did that come from? Many, you know, most people understand the eye of providence as the all-seeing eye. You know, the thing that's on the back of the dollar bill. But, but it's also the symbol of the supreme being of one world government. The supreme being, not God, not God Almighty, but the great art architect from the Masonic, from the great art architect of the universe, because it appears on every $1 bill above a topless pyramid. It's a Masonic symbol for the unfinished Temple of Solomon. There it is. And and by the way, there are more other more sinister interpretations, but I'm going to leave it go at that. So, and, and we now we get into the cult of Isis, too, because the Eye of Horus is part of the cult of Isis. And Isis, what do we see? Uh, there's the, Isis, the terrorist group, and Isis, the, the Tom Horn has written about in Napoleon Rising and... Zenith 2016 and talking with Tom Horn ISIS the name is a little bit uh, has more significance than just the terrorist group putting all this together seemingly random disparate like you know just all of a sudden just words falling out of our mouths not meaning anything bouncing off the table into your microphone or into your headset or computer what the heck did I just hear what did I just hear I thought we were talking about gun control. I thought we were talking about TPP. I thought maybe we were talking about keeping us safe. I thought we were talking about the uh, the militia extremist movement identified in 2011 um, by the Department of Homeland Security that thought about we're thought we were talking about keeping us safe. The heck? What's what's one thing that what's one thing that connects everything? Sure. Anybody out there? In, in radio land, in YouTube land, what's what's the one or two things that connect everything? Should, should I pause to wait for an answer? I don't think I'm going to get one. I'm not going to. When you go, no, no. It's, I'll just wait for you. Okay, <laughs> all right. It's the mental conditioning and the mental programming for everyone to accept the fact that there is only really one uh that 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 people that people and institutions have an exclusivity on truth. The academics, the historians, have an exclusivity on truth. That you today are not being mind controlled. We are being gamed so much, so hard, so fast by in so many different directions from the entertainment world. You watch a football game, you're forced to watch or compelled to watch, or at least given that venue of commercials that that have occult symbolism of 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 the, the performers within the 
acts of occult symbolism. The television shows like Lucifer, all of a sudden you're seeing this explosion of occult symbolism. You're seeing all of this, this mind control, this mind programming. And when you take all of this current, you take everything current that we're seeing, that we're being exposed to, and you use that against the backdrop of MK Ultra. Think about what, think about the uh, findings of the church committee. And you look at the generational programming that has taken place over the last how many decades? Refined back with, by the CIA, refined Manchurian candidates. You see the mass shooters. You see the lone wolf shooters. You see the look in their eyes from the Aurora shooting to the various other shootings. What do you see? Do you see a sane, rational person? Who's that, Holmes guy? Help me out with these, these shooters. I, I can't remember James their names. Holmes. Holmes and... Where they look crazy, right? What's what's the interconnectivity? The, the, the trauma of the JFK assassination, having an Illuminati signature, the mass shootings conducted by people who are arguably Manchurian candidates or could very well be. Look in their eyes. Look at the potential programming. The continual programming by people. There are two people like us by the Luciferian elite behind the, behind the scenes. The gun control as a result of or a consequence of these mass shootings. The trauma of the mass shootings, Gabby Giffords, I threw her in just because, I mean, that was, you know, traumatic for the American people. Reagan, of course, but most importantly, Kennedy as the hinge moment. Trauma-based mind control. The single most solitary factor in this is trauma-based mind control. There, that's the net that everyone is caught in. And the the you got the the uh, method means and opportunity here. The method, of course, is the mind control. The means is through entertainment, is through the uh, the, the various uh, subliminal messages, as well as the CIA operations, the other NGO operations. Think back at the Milgram experiments at Stanford. Think about all of these different experiments, you know, from Stanford to the, even the ones we know about. But they're programming assassins, and we're seeing it. There are sinister forces behind the, the, the history. There are sinister forces behind the current geo, geopolitical events, and believe me, there are sinister, sinister forces behind the referencing militia extremist movements, the people who believe, the people who believe in God, guns, and guts. There are sinister forces behind it. Remember these photos? Yep. From the 1972 Rothschild dinner party? Yes. And if we had more time, we can get into those. Uh, We'll put them up uh, on the site. Go ahead. You know what? I I sent them to to Eric. Maybe we can, if you can just hold that screen on that one because th- this is this is this shows you how long this is. I mean, because 
and I don't want to get too far out here with more disparity or with more disparate events, but when you look back at Rosemary's Baby, when you look back at the Manchurian Candidate, the film, when you look back at the assassination film, when you look back at all of these, that's just Hollywood. When you look at the Sharon Tate murders, when you look at Laurel Canyon, when you look at all of the the stuff that we've been Woodstock, the fact that it was a CIA person, we talked about that. This is all a big mind game experiment leading up to today, and it is to accept it is for people to accept really what they wouldn't have accepted 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. It's mind control. We're being gamed. We're being gamed at levels that you never even believed we would be by institutions that have perfected mind control. That's the big issue. And that might have been a long way to say what I said, what we said, but I don't think so. I think there were some important points in there. Gun control it's common. When I say, or gun confiscation, it's common. And there will be people that will be willing to turn their guns over. No questions asked. There will be gun control and turning other family members in, it's coming. Accepting the Australian model of gun confiscation or of gun eradication, it's common. If other events don't take place first, they just might. Because how many other James Holmes are out there? How many other mind control programming victims are out there? Many. Look at this picture. If you're on YouTube, take a look at this picture. Take, take a look at that. That's one photo of a, a series. Oh, keep of that up photos. there because the people are people might not. This is a, that. Keep a that up there. photos from 1972. A Rothschild uh, dinner party. Surrealist dinner party from 1972. Not only are there pictures of people wearing goat heads, but um, I'm going to change the image here, Eric. And and you see, these uh, people. No, no, no. This is not. Un, this is not CGI. This is not as photoshopped. Uh, no. At, at least that one. I can I can verify the authenticity of that one photograph. This other one up here is just. Um, I mean, These are sick about... people. These are very <laughs> sick. I, I can't verify that, the authenticity of that. And that's caution when you look at that picture. That's it for those listening on the radio. It's uh, I mean, look, this is a, it's a, a, doll. a dinner party from a, a Rothschild event. You have baby dolls pulled into pieces. Yes. On yes. The, you know, broken skulls, missing legs. Now, little, little, wait a second. This is allegedly, okay. We would have this, to say allegedly. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's been verified because there's yeah, a picture but, of Mr. Rothschild. But let's just say allegedly. Okay. okay cause, allegedly. You know, yeah. Gucci for Hack uh, from yeah. uh, 2013. Yes. Um, and this is what these people consider to be... Uh, I truly believe it's, 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 no, no, this uh, is a celebration. This is a, this is the most sick celebration. Here. And I do believe in the authenticity of this. This is from Guccifer, um, the, the guy that's in jail now. Yes. Okay. This, he said, okay, he hacked into what one of the data, one of the um, accounts of, held by one of the elites, and this is what he found. Okay. Now, this is according to Guccifer. If you choose not to believe it, you're, you feel free. And again, the reason is the, the depravity, the debauchery, the, the people don't 
accept that this is real. But, you know, in, in, people have a hard time accepting just me, the mere conspiracy of more than one gunman in the JFK assassination. Well, you're not going to accept the, the Masonic signature or the Secret Society signature of the JFK assassination. You're certainly not going to accept the authenticity of these images. It's just, it, 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 it's sick, beyond sick. But unfortunately, they have, this is what's out there today. And it's not important what you believe. You might look at this and say, well, that's just a Halloween party. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, well, even if, look, even if it is, it's a pretty damn sick Halloween party. All right. I mean, and we have more. We have, we have more images from, not just from Guccifer, but from other sources. Uh, actually from, we can copy them from, or, you know, show them, show you pictures from books. But the bottom line here, these are the elites, the Luciferian elites. This is the depravity. So if you have a hard time, you know, it, when, when we look at, at the mind control elements going, going on here, the fact that we're being gamed, all of us are being gamed. I guess that's the theme. And you know, they are trying to protect us protect america from us and when we what what is meant by that is yeah they can't afford to have us out there displaying or getting into their their secret societies and and exposing their secret societies their methodology their modes of operation and their madness they can't afford us to do that to have us doing that they can't. They can't afford having us decipher and others to decipher the plans and intents on, on, on the cover of the Economist. They have to keep America safe from us, and to do so, they will. They will. What uh, they have to do is, is keep the majority. I yeah, mean, they can have go. us running around, but you, you know, as long as they have the majority uh, wrapped up, that's all that matters. And, and, and we yeah, yeah. eat our own. Sometimes, uh, literally. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't follow it the first time, perhaps listen to it again. And if you're still frustrated, we'll try it again some other time. No, tomorrow we'll be back uh, with more on our continuing, ongoing roundtable discussion as yeah. we've had all week. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's going to be a special show. I, I, I invite everyone to tune in tomorrow. It's going to be one that, uh, well, we'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe. God bless. Good night. Until tomorrow, we'll be back 7 p.m. This is the Global Star Radio Network.